This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by Comic Book Click, and as always, I'm never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. How's it going, everybody? It's Jonathan Scudero here, aka Yogi. Yogi is here, and we're here to talk about the elephant in the room, the skies are turning red. Worlds are living and worlds are dying and things are never going to be the same. We are knocking on death's door when it comes to characters like Barry Allen's The Flash and Oliver Queen's The Green Arrow as part of the Arrowverse. We're right on the precipice of crisis on infinite earths. And how excited are you for this this CW mega crossover that's going to be taking place in a couple weeks? Oh, man. Oh, man. I can't describe in words. How excited I am for Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, I love Crisis stories. I love the DC multiverse. I just love it. So being able to see something like Crisis on Infinite Earths be adapted to TV and not be like forced or rushed and have come around, come across, come around naturally, it's just, I don't know, I feel blessed. Yeah, it's a huge event. Um, the one of many crises. Am I saying that right? Yeah, always good. I just say crises, crises, crises. Um, it's the first and 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 it it kicks off, you know, uh, a lot of I wouldn't necessarily would you call them uh, crisis tropes, things like the Uh, red skies and um. Well, those are the things that only happen during a crisis, right? I don't know if calling them a trope would be fair. Yeah, no, that's just that's. That that's just something that has to happen in a crisis story, but yeah, um, I mean, it pretty much was the beginning of the world-changing event. Like that was the first real universe-changing event. Like it had lasting effects, effects that lasted this day. And uh, for better or worse, other comic companies would go on to do the same thing, and it's become a thing where even DC, Marvel, uh. They have universe, quote-unquote, universe-changing events every single year now. And it's like yeah. some fans feel like the stories don't even matter unless something insane happens. That's one so of the things. A- when rereading this, I forgot just how crazy some of these uh, crisis stories are in terms of scale. Like what actually happens to the world or the people around it or space-time or any, or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but what was the... What was the first thing that put this book on your radar? Um, I know you were reading at a young age. When did you get tipped off to the fact that this occurred? And uh, that, it, I mean, typically now, 
I think it's kind of sort of necessary reading. If you can't, really if you can't get to the book, you have to nece- you have to know what happened in it. You have to know how this crisis shaped the DC universe and continuity as we know it, because it changed so much um, of what people know about DC and its continuity. So, what, what um, can you remember your earliest uh, memories of this book? Yeah, uh, actually, it's, it's, it's a big misconception. I actually did not. I wasn't big into like superhero comics when I was young. I didn't really get into them until I was older, maybe uh, 17, 18. Okay. But um, so I obviously wanted to learn everything I could about these comics so that I could understand them while I was reading them. Um, I learned about this Crisis on Infinite Earths pretty early, even maybe before. I don't want to say before I actually dove into DC Comics because I had read some Batman and stuff, but. Right. Um, before I really took a dive into DC Comics history to learn about the lore, uh, I learned about the crisis events, and that's really what I knew of them. I didn't really know anything of them for a long time until I actually decided to again jump into DC, and then I fell in love. Actually, one of my one of my early readings was Final Crisis. It was by Grant Morrison. And it, it, there was so much going on, and, and I didn't know it. I didn't know a damn thing yeah. about <laughs> history or the multiverse, and I didn't know anything. And there was so much going on, and new gods, and old gods, and dead gods, and, right? And crazy stuff, and, and it melted my brain and scared me away from DC Comics. That's just like watching like Matrix Reloaded, and not the first <laughs> one. Like, what yeah, is going exactly. on? How is everyone doing this? What's going on? This doesn't make any sense. It just it just absolutely melted my mind. It, it pushed me away from DC for a while. Um, but yeah, as, as, as time went on, I would eventually become well-versed in DC's history. And the crisis books almost feel like a, like a test. Yeah. If you can read, if you can read a crisis event, a true crisis event, like, and and fully understand what's going on without coming out of it even a little confused. You deserve a medal and a handshake. Yes. And and I'm and I'm and and this is not to say that that uh you're you'd be blamed if you can't. Okay, these these events are meant to be this way. Like they're 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 meant to reward the the fan who knows who who truly knows what's going on. Like all the cameos and all the all the crazy references and uh, and, and this is talking about crises in general. Uh, originally, I guess the, the the first crisis event, the one that we're talking about tonight, it it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't written to be this way. It just kind of happened. <laughs> it wasn't written to uh, retcon to the one universe. Well, no, it wasn't written to be like this crazy and oh. uh, service full. Well, yeah, it was written to have fan service, but I don't mean like like. Like in the way I was just describing it, kind of like a, a test or a gift. To, right. Like uh, it, it, I think I know what you're saying. Like initially, it had a utility. It had a job it had to do. Um, and but it, it, if it just served that purpose, it would have done its job. But it kind of goes above and beyond to include a bunch of characters, a bunch of teams, um, uh, create new characters, uh, killing off old ones, changing continuity as it is. I, my next question was going to be um, because unfortunately. I did not read the book and the tie-ins. And I think that that's yeah. also a big, that's a big thing, um, especially you know when it comes to DC. I I actually haven't. 
ever read the tie-ins. Okay. I was curious uh, to see whether or not you did. You have. Yeah, yeah. First, this event is pretty dense as it is, you know? Yeah, no, you're not lying. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of reading. But, I mean, and at this time, again, this was pretty much the first of, a, uh, the first of its kind when it comes to a comic book event crossover with, with line-wide tie-ins. It's really yes. the first of its kind. So it wasn't written in a way like today where it's a gimmick and they kind of force you to read the tie-ins. Right. It wasn't written in that way. So you're not really missing much. But I'm sure that at the time, these writers wanted to give their best to at least add to what was going on. So one of these days, I will get around to reading those tie-ins. Uh, I just don't have the time at the moment. <laughs> yeah, like I think things like like Superboy showing up um, is a bit more fleshed out in the tie-ins, if I'm not mistaken, because when he shows up... In yeah, the there's an like, issue oh, of, yeah. uh, I want to say, Adventure Comics, where uh, Superman recruits Superboy from Earth Prime. Okay. Yeah. Um, did, was this a response? I know you got a little bit more of a background on this. Was this a response to Secret Wars? You know, Marvel does this um, big crossover event that takes place in a pocket dimension um, uh, where they they have all their A-list um, heroes and villains and create a toy line around it, um, creating like what we know as the first big crossover event. And then right after, we get this continuity-changing crossover. Do you know if Marv Wolfman and uh, George Perez had any... Uh, you know, stake in, in, in what was going on there? Well, no. You see, Secret War, Secret War was uh, definitely created with the sole purpose of selling toys. Uh, right. Like, whereas Crisis on Infinite Earths had this, an entirely different purpose. It was, um, uh, according to Marv Wolfman, he, as it, he, he, I got in a letter in when he was writing Green Lantern, where a fan had mentioned a continuity mix-up, and he responded with, "One of these days, we'll get, a, we'll probably straighten out what is in the DC universe and what is outside." Uh, and this would have been maybe 1979. Oh wow! Which which which, which predates like uh, Secret Wars by quite a while. Um, so. He pitched the idea to um, to the editorial, and within four days they proved it. Uh, George and he would well, George being the artist, but he would eventually become the co-plotter as well. Um, they announced this at New York City Comic Con in 1981. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they announced Crisis, and everyone was wearing uh, Crisis hats. Uh, I'm sure that <laughs> the news didn't go anywhere because nobody, it no. wasn't the Comic-Con that we know today. No trailer dropped so, on YouTube. There was no fanfare. Yeah, there was no fanfare. I'm sure they didn't even have a logo. <laughs> they just kind of announced it at a convention. Nobody really made any waves. Uh -huh. But it took them so long to research DC's history that it kept them busy for years. So they actually decided to hold off until 1985, which would give them time, and also because it was DC's 50th anniversary. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I had heard about um, Wolfman wanting to like abandon like the main multiverse and continuity, because that's another thing. Um, at this point in time, DC was working with 
infinite Earths, many versions of our Earth, um, with with different versions of our heroes on each one, and it made for convenience in writing, right? Because you could always just be like, "Well, that just happened on other Earth." Um, gives us stories like the Elseworlds stories that we got. It opens up a whole new avenue for stuff, but people were getting confused, um, and it it was becoming a problem. And yeah, Wolfman definitely saw uh, the current continuity as it stood in 1985 as unfriendly to readers and that it would work better if they created a single unified DC universe. Um, the foundation of the Crisis on Infinite Earths developed through a character, the Monitor, which was introduced in Wolfman's New Teen Titans in July 1982 before the series itself even started. So, um, even though, and even though Perez was not intended for the original artist for the series, he was excited to learn about it and called illustrating it some of the most fun he's ever had. So that's a good thing. It's, it's funny. Wolfman actually created the monitor, uh, as a child. Oh, um, when he was a child? Yeah, no, no. Wolfman was a child. Okay. When he created the character he called the librarian, who mm. was, um, he, he, he didn't really have any idea for it at the time. It was just going to be the character that would be a villain for every single DC hero from the past, present, and future. Okay. Because at the time, he would have been reading crisis books every single year where the Justice Society and the Justice League meet up and these different multiverse stories happen. Mm. So uh, as time goes on, he would eventually become a comic writer, of course, and uh, he would decide... Um, at least this is about the same time that he would have announced Crisis. So if he debuted this, what would have, what would now be known as the Monitor in Teen Titans in 1982, did you say? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's just... Um, yeah, so he... he, he um, again, yeah, just a fun little tidbit. He created it as a child. It was called The Librarian, but um, eventually, as we just talked about, this idea for the reboot of the DC universe would come into his mind and then he finally had an opportunity to use his childhood creation. Uh, do you see this crisis that we're going to be partaking in in the Arrowverse? Is it for the same ends? Is it to achieve the same ends? Or is this all to get everyone on the same uh, Earth? Um, I almost... I don't know that this is that this is something that was necessary Okay, the way it was for DC Comics back in 1985 yeah. or 1981, 80, whenever they came out with the idea. Um, uh, whereas on TV, it was actually a great, the multiverse was a great storytelling device. Um, I'm almost, I'd almost be sad to see it go. Yeah. But I wonder if it's the same thing. I wonder if, um, I wonder if Black Siren becomes the Donna Troy of it all. Mm-hmm. You know, where it because of the different iterations and storytellings and Earths and all this other kind of stuff, and people are just confused with that character. If maybe having that um, outlet, people started to kind of abuse it. It's like, well, you know, this is this is um, Barry Allen's mom. This is Barry Allen's mom on Earth too. The Speed Force also looks like Barry Allen's mom. You know, like <laughs> I wonder if there's just a bunch of confusion, but mostly it's probably. They needed a vehicle for the end of the Arrow show, right? They I'm sure that, bigger. that what yeah. it was. But at the same time, 
I, I don't know that they they could have done. Well, I'm sure they could have done other stories before they got the crisis, but they seem to have been leading up to this for a very long time. I don't know that this is wasn't their angle all along. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so a r- real brief synopsis. Um, super brief. Uh, at the start of Crisis on Infinite Earths, the Anti-Monitor, the Monitor's evil counterpart, is unleashed on the DC multiverse and begins to destroy the various Earths that it comprises. The Monitor tries to recruit heroes from around the multiverse, but is murdered, while Brainiac collaborates with the villains to conquer the remaining Earths. However, both the heroes and villains are eventually united by the Spectre. The series concludes with Cal el Superboy Prime, Alexander Luther Jr., defeating the Anti-Monitor and the creation of a single Earth in place of the multiverse. Crisis on Infinite Earth is noted for its high death count. Hundreds of characters died, including DC's icons, uh, Kara Zor-El and Barry Allen. The story's events resulted in the entire DCU being rebooted. Um, so this was a 12-issue limited series that ran from April, 80, April of 85 to March of 1986. And I wrote down what I consider to be the heavy hitters of this uh story without getting too much into detail because uh we'll do that when we as we tell the story but i got you know the monitor the anti-monitor uh pariah harbinger supergirl uh golden age superman alexander luther the flash dr light the specter and uh crona and the guardians and when i look at this list a lot of them exist currently in the arrowverse or we we know who will be filling in those slots. Like the monitor and the anti-monitor is already cast. It's the same guy. I think La Monica Garrett. Um, Pariah will be played by... Um, I was going to say Tom Welling. It's going to be played by Tom Cavanaugh. Um, you already have Supergirl, but I doubt that she will suffer the same fate in this. Um, I wonder if we'll see any alternate versions of Supergirl. Do you think we have uh, space for that? I'm sure that we do because we already have. Uh, I mean, uh, they already have former Supergirls on their uh, on their roster, don't they? Yeah, you're right. Um, her mom was played by Supergirl. Oh my god, we just we just reviewed that crappy movie. If that Supergirl <laughs> dies, I'd be sad <laughs> because I told that I wasted my time seeing that movie. So if they felt the need to bring that back, I would. It would. It would. Uh, it worked to move me. Um, yeah, Pariah is going to be Tom Cavanaugh. Um, Harbinger is Lila, right? Yes, it is. It's um, and it's it's Lila straight up, right? Like yes, it is. Yes, that's it another is. thing I was I was confused about because I'm not I'm literally like maybe two episodes back on Arrow, and I know Lila's mixed up into this, and I know she has some sort of deal with the Monitor, but I'm not sure if they're playing the the um. Uh, duality nature of the Harbinger character yet. If they played, if they're planting that seed, if they played that seed up yet, yeah. what's Lila looking well, like not, as, as Harbinger right now? They haven't played it up yet, unless her. Uh, well, <laughs> I hate to spoil the show for you. <laughs> no, go ahead, brother. But um, I, and you might have seen this already. I'm not sure, but she was seen lying, like like she, you know, she lied. To Diggle, obviously. She's lying to Diggle. And she's always lying to Diggle. He's got to, he's really got to do something about that. But, <laughs> that's that spy life, I guess. 
yeah, so I don't know if, if 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 maybe that's supposed to be their version of it. Uh, I, I I honestly truly don't know where we're going with this crisis. I know that's happening. I'm sure we're gonna hit a lot of the same story beats, but it's not being done for the same reason. They don't have nearly as many characters. It's like things are going to be changed. So I I I don't. I'm not sure I have like a proper prediction. I can, I can, I can have fun like imagining. Oh what yeah, I would definitely. Want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying because you know, the, some of the sometimes when they do these stories, when these stories are adapted by Marvel or DC, it's beat for beat, and sometimes it's very loose adaptations. They, they in many ways, they they did not have to cast Lila as Harbinger. I get that the name was there, but I don't. I doubt they planted that seed when that character of Lila Michaels was created. Um, and so, instead of casting know. someone new, that's this is what I meant by I don't know exactly how far like how far they had this plan. I remember really early on, Lila Michaels. I was like, there were a lot of signs. Like I think right when the first episode of Flash aired, and it ended with that crisis stinger. Okay. And I, and I was like, what the hell? Like we were planning crisis on Infinite Earths, and I look back at Lila Michaels, and I'm like, what? Like. <laughs> Is right. actually happening? Like, are we actually doing this? And like, and first of all, nobody really thought it would happen. Right. And I, even I kind of told myself, like, yeah, you like, there's no way. But seeing where we are now, and then looking back on it, I I feel like this was always the end goal. Yeah. So I feel like Lila Michaels has been there for a reason. That's great. with at least with at least the hope. That one day they would get far enough to do this, and that's the long-term planning that I've always wanted to see DC have. Um, like I guess you would say in their films and stuff, but they've never gotten to this point where they can build on the foundation of the stories that they're telling to get to a point like this. But that's a drum I've been beating for a, a long time here. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> woo, excuse me. Um, so. We have Earth Two Superman. Um, which between Kingdom Come and Smallville Superman, who do you think is going to take that place? It's almost obviously Kingdom Come Superman. Okay. Almost. I only say that because it's meant to be Christopher Reeves. Right. He because which he's, would... he's the OG Golden Age. He's playing the Golden Age Superman. Yeah, I guess technically, if you wanted to be real technical you go back to um george <laughs> george reeves yeah but um clearly that's not going to be possible so this is the very best we could do here right and I, and I and i'm and i'm all i'm here for it um are we going to see lex luther and his crazy red-headed golden suit wearing doppelganger alexander luther in this crisis i that's a good question. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of things about Crisis on Infinite Earths that have been, I guess I don't want to say spoiled, but announced and like confirmed. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that they've given us enough for me to, to really, know like what the heck is gonna happen. Like I'm sure like, I'm sure it's gonna be fun. Uh, I hope that we get a really accurate version of the story. But I'm fully expecting them to give us their own version of Crisis 
uh, the more probably easier to understand version of Crisis. <laughs> um, I th- this may be a hot take, but I think that Alexander Luther part of this story is the most fantastical. Hmm. Like the end, there's like some weird kind of quasi science behind like at monitor and anti monitor, right, and positive and negative waves and frequencies and tuning forks and uh you know vibrational patterns and all that kind of stuff but like then you have this baby who becomes a man and also has like the powers to place things and people inside of him and universe <laughs> you understand universes and he can his eyes can be a conduit to a a new god like it, it gets kind of crazy i'm really interested i didn't get much info on it but i'm really interested in like that character that character screams to me like a what will eventually become um what's his face in marvel uh adam warlock adam warlock oh yeah yeah um and i like i really saw that character in that like obviously that came later but it was like i think i think that they got some inspiration there so now it's time for a confession. I uh, I always do detailed notes when it comes to this thing. And I did this, is, you know, this included, this episode included. But I was so confused as to the best way to tackle this because um, I looked at a couple of synopsises and they were entirely too brief. I think that with the density of this story, we owe it to talk about the big things that happened in it. Um, but then I found some that were too, way too detailed. I um, listened to a bunch of different podcasts to see how other people tackled it. And I got podcasts that ignored the whole facts while others went from literally panel to panel on each page. And I'm like, I, I don't know the best way to tackle this. So I'm hoping with our powers combined, um, I know you have the book over there on your end. I have my notes over here on our on my end. Um, we can go through the story and uh, stopping at various points to talk about the implications of what's going on. You ready for this? Sure. Yeah, I guess um, if you want, I'll go ahead and start. All right. Uh, Just to give us a quick rundown of issue one, we're introduced to the pariah. This is the very first character we've seen. The very first panel is an Earth being destroyed. We know what we're here for at this point, though, right? We, we, I guess, man... (laughs) We're here to see Earth be destroyed. Earth 3 is the first to go. Uh, We're introduced at this point to Earth 3's Lex Luthor, which, as you know, or as you should know, Earth 3 is a world where the Justice League are villains, which would mean Lex Luthor is a hero. So his his son, um, Alexander, as we become to know him, is sent very much Superman-like in a pod off of a a uh, dying planet to, I guess... Somewhere outside of that multiverse. Sound familiar? Uh, <laughs> doesn't it? You know, he, so, he, uh, he he kissed his wife and said, don't worry. You know, he will be safe. <laughs> we won't, yeah. but he will be. Yeah. Yep. I love you. And then the world um, explodes. Yeah, and, and Earth and 3 Zimmer's is music no plays. Earth 3 is no more. We're introduced to Harbinger at this point. Well, I don't know that we're introduced to her because she had appeared in other books, right? Yes, I believe so. But um, she yeah, has time for her to go around collecting people. First, she collects uh, Solo Bar from yes. the Gorilla Planet. 
Then she gets Dawnstar from the 31st Century, the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, afterwards, she collects uh, Firebrand from, I forget what Earth she's on. Right. She's collecting people from around the multiverse. At this point, she collects Blue Beetle from, I want to say it was Earth 4. Right. And a Psycho Pirate, who uh, is a fun choice because he's a villain, right? Right. But at this point, it's clear she's uh, just collecting people for their purpose, not for what they've done in their life. Right. <laughs> and and especially with that first pick of Sotovar, that kind of throws us off, right? Like, I knew it threw me off. I was like, a gorilla? Like, that's your first? Like, this yeah, is, like, I know, right? <laughs> like, and so, like, you can kind of see, like, how much of it is, like, a hodgepodge of people for different reasons. And um, most importantly, it ties so many different groups together, like you were talking about with the Legion of Superheroes being incredibly mm-hmm. famous, Blue Beetle famously coming from Charlton Comics. So that brings that entire world there with Captain Adam and The Question and all, all those characters that they had just gotten from over there. Um, uh, and you got Psycho Pirate who has the ability to manipulate other people's emotions. And so you're like, why would they need him on the, on the team? Even Simon, like Simon, isn't that a villain? I know he's yeah, on the team. He he's on a villain. I mean, he's on the team, and I'm like, what's up with that? Cyborg is like shrugging. You don't know what's going on. Um, and I, I found all that uh, pretty interesting. I was going to ask, um, I know that this is not the first story to cover Earth 3. I know that there's a whole thing that introduces the crime syndicate mm-hmm. and stuff. Do you know if this is the first story to talk about Alexander Luther uh, Sr., I guess? No, no. Um, senior would have been in other stories. Okay, I think that would have been one of the big twists. I, I would assume at right. one point. Sure. Whoa, Lex Luthor's a hero. Yeah, you know. But I'm no for sure he was in the stories before this one. Okay. Cool. cool for cool. sure. Uh, I guess at this point, um, I was noticing that this is in season one of the Flash, the live action show. We had Firestorm and <laughs> Killer Frost. Yeah. In a relationship. Yep. Which I've always took as a nod to the dynamic in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Again, I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but right. this has clearly been planned from the beginning. Right. <laughs> um, what? So, like, I don't read after this, right? Like, I, I read this event um, years ago. I reread it for this. I, I'm not too familiar what happens immediately after this uh, in regards to Firestorm and Killer Frost, but does that stay on? Like, does that wear off? Like, the whole weird love thing that she's doing? Every, every, everything wears off because um, things are rebooted and, and most people only have a passing memory of what happened. Yeah, I just remember it being a lot more romantic on the show than it was on in the oh, book. Oh, yeah, no, on the show. <laughs> I was like, like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute. What's going on here? Yeah, so the, um, so the issue... Uh, begins to come to a close by the by the book revealing to us that the Monitor has collected even more heroes from all across the multiverse, including, as you mentioned, like Cyborg. We got Geoforce. We got Golden Age Superman. We got uh, uh, <laughs> John Stewart. Uh, freaking, we got many people here. And, uh, I want to say Arion, the- he's like what, like a Doctor Strange kind of guy? Uh, definitely a magician. Yeah. So again, I like this hair. Characters are less familiar with because they would be used less as time goes on. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell. You could tell here who, 
you know, um, whose status stood and whose rose and whose fell post uh, this event? Post crisis, for yes. sure. So, uh, yeah, they're all gathered in the monitor's throne room when they are attacked by the anti monitor, uh, the anti matter shadows. Yeah. Is that what they call Shadow I demons? I call calling them shadow demons. <laughs> but I think demons have to do with like religion. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if, if the Animonitor subscribes to any sort of religion. But, but yeah, they're, they're, they're attacked by these shadow people. Right. And they're made of antimatter. So if you touch them, you're going to die. Yes. Uh, pretty simple. So uh, Monitor appears. Hey, I'm the Monitor. I'm going to introduce myself. You all thought I was a villain all these years. But haha, I am not. Yes. <laughs> big reveal end of issue one what'd you think um i i it really felt like the uh, like the beginning of a big story um right now I, have you seen the latest episode of rick and morty i haven't actually so but go ahead and spoil don't worry it's, yeah it's not there's nothing too crazy of a spoiler but basically it's a it's a parody of heist movies and they talk about how 60% of the heist movie is getting the team together. And so like, you, think, <laughs> you think of like, yeah, you think of like the Oceans movies and even like, remember the beginning of the Fast and the Furious franchise, those were heist movies. They were trying yeah. to take over like trucks or DVD players or something like that. But um, it, it's always about like getting all these rough and tough people who ne- don't necessarily get along, but shut up guys. We got a bigger, there's a bigger problem at hand and, and then you find out who's really pulling the strings. Like that's what this really felt like. Um, it, what it, it, my only, I guess, complaint, which is not really a complaint when you realize how big the story reaches is that it's not necessarily a who's who, which, but I think that that's what makes it kind of more interesting it's like this is this is who we got. Like this is who we need. This is who the monitor needs, at least. I also think that uh, it's uh, it's a a product of how far reaching the story is, yes. and almost a preview of what's to come. Yeah. Um, I, I was here. I had heard that that um, Legion of Superheroes book was immensely popular. Um, and bringing them in, I thought was, was pretty interesting. And the the way that in later issues, time as a construct just fluctuates and you got like the wild west stuff, the, um, the mammoths and all that, all that madness. Again, all that coming from, uh, Marv Wolfman's childhood dream of having a story where all the heroes from past, present and future and all the multiverses can come together. When you think when you get a story like this, um, you get free reign. Like they just tell you, everybody's everybody's yours. You can. Well, with a story like this, I don't think there would have been uh, any precedent at the time. So it's kind of just, hey, yeah, do that thing, reset our universe, you know, our multiverse, do what you need to do. Which um, Wolfman then set a rule for himself where he would absolutely not kill any characters who he created before he before he began writing or before he was born. Okay. Uh, yeah, so a lot of characters definitely did die. And he says he tried his best not to be, like, ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting way to put it. Um, but let's get into issue two. Definitely take us through that, brother. 
So time begins to run out for Earth-1 in both the past and the future, while in the present, Batman sees a chilling vision of the death of the Flash. Um, seeing that, man, you can't see that and not get called back to um, BVS. You know, seeing they that. Definitely, they definitely... Um, I don't know if it was supposed to be a reference, but it definitely felt like it. Yeah. Flash always kind of comes to Batman first. He's the smartest person on Earth. Well, second smartest behind Lex Luthor, I guess. It, but um, it definitely called out as a combination of what we saw was going on with Wally West in Rebirth, and um, and this like this idea of the uh, fragments of of the Flash appearing before somebody, um, and trying to tell them something or or warn them of something. Um, it, it becomes so cool in retrospect, like. When it when this actually goes down, when you deal with the death of Barry Allen, spoiler alert, um, he, and he goes through in real time seeing these people, it's so cool because of how it, you know, how it started with the visions. Well, that I, I, I guess I again I hadn't read any issues beforehand, right? But I guess at at the end of I guess the flash that would have came out right before Crisis, he disappeared. Yes, and so the I, I know I know I, I definitely did, with the, on my first read I definitely didn't see what was actually happening coming, but I almost wondered what readers of the time would have felt. Um, I if I'm not mistaken because they reference it in this, and I got it's actually the show did it for me, but I got a real big interest in um like the Flash's history and continuity. And um, I remember that, uh, and they referenced that he went to jail. Oh, not to jail, to uh, court. Um, he was on trial for the murder of Eo Barthon. Um, yeah. Because of the attempted murder of Iris. No, Iris was dead. A new wife <laughs> that he was getting married to. Um, Eo Barthon was going to kill him like Iris. Kill her like Iris. And uh, he basically yokes him up and kills him. And it becomes the trial of Barry Allen where... Uh, it has to be decided whether or not a hero who's killed somebody in cold blood, uh, if they deserve to be a hero anymore. So there was a lot dealing with Barry Allen um, and his integrity, I guess. Like it was in question his his uh, if someone can go this far as a hero, do they deserve to be a hero? So um, given given that he kind of you know jumps on the grenade in this story, um, I think it's interesting to, coming from where he came from. For sure, uh, I I know that um that there are reason that they that the, that they did kill the Flash was mostly just to kind of put a put a stamp on the impact of Crisis, you know. Huh. But um, I I also it, I also know that Wolfman pretty much left in the plot device that. Barry was actually in the Speed Force rather than dead. Oh, was uh, that was that built in? Is that what? Because I know yeah, I know that they, they they literally do that. They literally pull him back out of the Speed Force. So I you know I like that out, and I like that you see like the Antimonitor's eye glow at the end. Like you know they they definitely set up for a way to uh, get back um, some pieces of that story. But I wasn't too sure about the the Flash setup. Yeah, he it was pretty much just to kind of put a stamp on the 
impact of the event. Hey, look, this was a crisis. We killed the Flash, the actual Flash that you love, which is also a testament to, I guess, the beginning of the Silver Age, right? Just I was consider just about, that. I was, I was just about to say that. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. You know, consider that the Flash is basically the beginning of uh, the Silver Age of Heroes that would come after the uh, retirement of all the Golden Age. Yep. Um, Barry Allen was created by uh, what, Carmine Infantino in 1961, I want to say. I want to say the early head. 60s, definitely. I don't know off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, I guess as a streamlined version of Jay Garrick's old character, yep. same will be done to the Green Lantern. Yep. It will become Hal Jordan. But uh, the Flash was who they chose to focus on here. So for DC's 50th anniversary, I guess in a full circle sort of way, we would kill Barry Allen and replace him with the leader of the next generation of heroes. I was I, I had it explained to me um, before I even connected the dots that uh, basically every every hero created pre Barry Allen Flash was on Earth too. Yes. Um, and yep. so that that's exactly where it splits. That's exactly the line. Like now that we've laid it all out, it's almost obvious. Like why Barry would be the one to jump on this grenade, and why Wally would then be the new, you know, the new Flash to then carry the new torch for that yep. generation. Um, I I love that that baton was then passed back to Barry. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what? Now here's a here's the thing. Now that we've now that we've said this, right? Okay. We've passed up the Tom back to Barry. At the same time, DC Comics as a whole has abandoned the concept of a legacy character. Yes. Like, it's it's almost sad. Yeah, because this is a bold move here. This is big. You know this this um there's a reason why it's called the Silver Age of Comics. Um, Barry Allen, this new streamlined Barry Allen, the costume, the simplicity, the backstory, all of it was so interesting and brought so much to the character that you had to have a lot of faith if you were willing to kill that character off and and um, put more on the shoulders of Wally. And it's not to say, again, we've done this uh, back and forth before, but it's not to say that Wally uh, didn't handle the pressure well in the first place. Wally West is a lot of people's flash. It was just at the okay. end of the day, uh, uh, maybe a just nostalgia uh, maybe it's just a, it's just a nod to to the legacy, but you, it it doesn't allow these characters to move forward in any way. Hey, yeah, we've definitely like uh, there was a point where DC Comics was all about moving forward with these stories. Like it was always about not so much the next generation, but building upon the past while still looking towards the future. Yeah. Where. We have gotten to a point where we want to throw away the past. <laughs> right. And and in some ways, that might have been the point of the original Crisis on Infinite Earths. But at the same time, I don't really think, one, if that was the point, it definitely didn't stick. Because writers would constantly find ways to try to get these characters back into their stories. Yeah. And... And two, I don't truly believe that someone big, as big as a fan as like someone like Mark Wolfman would have intended to just throw away the past. You know, like right. uh, maybe we streamline it again, as was eventually done. Like he didn't actually kill the Justice Society. Their Earth, uh, their Earth just kind of merged with ours. Right. 
they 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 rather they became part of Earth Earth One's history. Maybe that's a uh, bit. Of, maybe that's a bit of the backlash to Flashpoint was the idea that you kind of just select it all and cut co- and cut, right? As opposed to cutting and pasting oh, yeah. it together. Uh, the, these two ideals, you literally just took it away. That's absolutely the problem with what the new Fifty Two was. You 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 abandoned the past. You abandoned like whereas. I was talking about earlier how a crisis story has become this rewarding experience for fans with like a lot of knowledge about the DC's history. Yeah. Uh, something like New 52 was an insult. Yeah. It's like you just ripped away my past. You didn't even attempt to, <laughs> to merge it or do anything with it. The Justice Society was gone for eight years. That's crazy. We didn't use those characters. Crazy. Fodder, like, oh, you don't even, you don't even worry about it. We didn't even use these characters. We threw Wally West away. What? And and then created another one, just to and just to, just and literally with no uh, backstory, none of that. Like a Screw slap it. in the face. Uh, that the people in charge can't recognize something as simple as this is almost mind-boggling. Yeah, but I digress. Um, the monitor tells the heroes of his plan to halt the approaching antimatter waves by transporting them to various times where they find vibrational tuning forks that they need to protect. At each one of those points, heroes are met with shadowy, uh, demons, I said, a pure antimatter that create obstacles for them. The psycho pirate, having betrayed the heroes he traveled with, is abducted by an unseen foe who has also corrupted Harbinger. Meanwhile, back on the Monitor satellite, the Monitor asks Harbinger to retrieve Alexander Luther from his nursery. Harbinger is shocked to discover that Alex, formerly an infant, is now the age of a young child. Suddenly, the dark influence of the Shadow Demon takes control of Harbinger, commanding her to betray the Monitor. Alright, so I guess let's talk about the first difference between uh, the TV crisis and the original crisis. Okay. Where uh, I guess in the TV crisis we only need seven beings with this extraordinary ability, yes. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Um, we I guess crisis on infinite earths being a much bigger problem. We needed fifteen, yes. <laughs> and, one, and one of them being a telepathic gorilla. A telepathic gorilla, which I mean is I uh, I would hope that Grodd gets brought back for this. That would be amazing. <laughs> Just random people. It's like we need uh, King Shark and Cupid and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's it. I just want a random assortment of people. Do we it's have the seven? Who are the seven? It's a. I don't know for sure. I can guess. I know that they'll be looking for a Clark Kent, so that's one. I almost feel like they're going to fail to get him and have to get the super... Uh, the Kingdom Come Superman. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I, I'm waiting for the speech that the monitor is gonna have to give, or Lila, where they're like, "Oh, not you," to to, to the Supergirl Superman. You know, <laughs> like, "Oh no, we need, we need, we need seven brave warriors, a man from Krypton," and he just stands there with his chest out, and they're like, "Oh no, no, not you. We're getting another one. <laughs> we got yeah, one in the can, bro." Yeah. A bigger one. I'd like a bigger Superman, Lila. What did you bring me? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> is, this one a, is this one a vegan? What's going on here? What's going... 
I don't like this earth. You brought me a CrossFit <laughs> Superman. I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. Um, so, so it's got to be Supes. It's got to be Arrow and Flash. That's three, right? Supergirl, two, four. Um, I, I truly, truly do not know. I know Black Lightning is one. Right. I, I'm, uh, I'm I, guessing Batwoman is one because if not, she is completely out of her element as shown by Batman in the story. Batman and in the story does close to nothing, and, and 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 that's fine, you know, because what's he gonna do? But man, like, he does close to nothing in the story, so I'm very interested to see what she's gonna do. And then Oliver playing almost a quasi Batman role, right? Like, what at this scope? What what are you doing? Are you you're not? Yeah, I mean, you're not necessary for to the win of this, right? Because you kind of got subbed in for this. Because I'm sure, I'm sure that the monitor will hook him up with some weapons. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The but monitor. um, yeah, I guess a couple things we glossed over: the fact that the on Oa, the Guardians kind of come into contact with the anti monitor. I don't think we would know this at the time, but it definitely is the anti monitor shutting down that battery. And knocking those guardians on their little nasty asses. Yep, and he definitely has reason to do so. Which will we get? We to? finally get, but we do get a fun uh, Silver Age exchange between Batman and Superman, where they first uh, first see Pariah, and he kind of disappears. He's always whining that Pariah. Yes, he is. <laughs> Very poetic, Again, and there's, 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 there's a you know he's constantly talking about um, how he is um, burdened with this burden <laughs> of seeing these many worlds live and die and how he's basically going crazy doing so but we haven't really been tipped off to, as to why did you have any inclinations when you first read the story as to what the hell was going on with him no i didn't know why i didn't know what was going on i just kind of knew worlds would live and die and never be the same but um... like you are stressed bro Pariah <laughs> is stressed in this story he's scaring me that's what's going on he's scaring the hell out of me <laughs> oh my gosh. Um there is a lot of fighting and defending tuning forks. Yeah, well I guess there's nothing wrong fun. with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I like it's I realize that that's a lot of that's a lot of the story. It's watching these uh, various teams um come uh fight unlikely foes, whether it be different foes from different um like different villains, different worlds, um different uh Time displaced people. Um, I the real fun is the who's who of of this. And, and Bush seeing... Bros is a master at this. Like he is a master. I think uh, when all was said and done, he had drawn over five hundred different characters in this story. What? I believe it too. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is a famous cover by uh, not a cover, but a poster. Of Crisis on Infinite Earths, that has uh, it's it, it's drawn by George Perez and painted by Alex Ross. Where he, he you've probably seen it. It's got the uh, Superman holding Wonder Woman side by side with Golden Age Superman. Uh, um, yes. Golden Age Superman yes. is holding Wonder Woman, and then uh, regular Superman's holding Supergirl, and it's got like every single character who appeared in the storyline in the top and bottom. Yes. Yeah. So that that that's where he found out. It's like 500 and I want to say 13 or something like that. 
different characters in the story drawn by that legend, George Perez. That's some incredible attention to detail. Well, yeah, that's his big. That that's that's his biggest thing, the detail. But um, what do you, you think about that monitor design? The the monitor's design. I, I mean, I dig it. It 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 serves its purpose. I don't know if maybe I've seen it so much that I just that's what I that's what it is to me. Yeah. But it just feels proper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a problem with it. I liked it. And I guess in the '80s that would have been futuristic. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, that would have been their version, definitely. So, I guess on uh, issue two, uh, uh, issue three, issue three. Yes, uh, I have an even shorter synopsis for this one. Um, as the psycho pirate and harbinger follow the commands of the, of the hidden foe, the Flash struggles to save his adopted homo in the future. Um, in the present, the Teen Titans and the Outsiders combine forces to attack a wave of antimatter and joined and are joined by Superman and Batman before the Flash arrives from the future. I gotta say, these uh, synopsis—they're not really good. That's what I'm telling you. They're, they're ripping out the they're ripping out the heart of this. Um, so uh, I guess we'll we'll do this ourselves. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Issue, issue three is um, as you mentioned before. We've got Alexander Luther growing. Uh, Harbinger is I guess she's been caught. The Monitor definitely knows she's uh, she's been corrupted. I don't know. Maybe he's always known. Well, they, but, um, you know, we find out later on that he had a backup plan to the backup plan. So I'm assuming that he knew something was up. I'm sure he knew something was up. I'm sure he's known for a long time. But um, at this point, we don't know. I guess we should also mention that at some point in the recent past, Barry Allen decided to go and live in the 31st century. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, um, that was a bit weird. That definitely happened. He was trying to keep Iris safe. Uh, as you know, that didn't actually work. Nope. But, <laughs> but yeah, at this point in this future, he we watch him get stolen. We go back to our past. We see the Titans, Marv Wolfman's Titans. Of course, you have to throw them in there. But, um, yeah, they're, they're fighting against this wall of antimatter just, just eating what looks like New York City. Yeah. Yeah, fun time. Superman comes in because the kids can't handle it on their own. <laughs> <laughs> Batman and his outsiders arrive. They're also helping, and that's when Flash appears. It's like, dude, something's happening in the future. It's uh, Batman. Thank goodness. You're smart as hell. Uh, then he starts to disappear again, and everyone's freaked the freaked the hell out. This isn't, this isn't <laughs> that, that Joker scene, is it? No, no, it's not. That Joker scene was in the first issue where we very for the very first ah. time we see him. We see Flash appear in front of Batman. At this point, Batman's like, whoa, not again. This time yeah, he looks yeah. so much more solid. Right. So, yeah, he disappears a few seconds later. Everyone's freaked out. Peace Boy looks <laughs> – he's like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, at this point, we take a jump over to the villains because at this point, Brainiac's like, what the hell is going on? I'm at the edge of the universe. It's being eaten. I'm going to go fucking – I don't know if he's going to get help. He just kind of ran away. Not a fan. Of, <laughs> not a fan of this design, bro. I know it's classic. I've seen it in the cartoon. Design? I've seen it in the cartoon. I know that it's a classic. It looks it like is. it looks like. Okay, first, and this is nothing against the gender, but it looks like a woman. <laughs> like <laughs> I think it looks like a female robot. It's very hard for me. I don't know what it is about the about about the design, but it looks like a female robot. Um, and I mean, I guess in the vein of Ultron, you want the whole metal body, but that g- weird green 
quasi <laughs> body that you get later on. I think that's a really good look for that character. This one, I'm like, eh. I like the skull ship though. Skull ship returns. That, skull ship is cool. That's there. Skull ship is cool. And I, I uh, like, I like that. There's, and it happens throughout the story, but that there's this idea of like, I am the baddest, you know, mf'er in the world. But I'm, I think I'm gonna need to call in some help on this one. <laughs> like, there's a couple, <laughs> there's a couple of people in this book that do that. That are like, you know what? I'm the best. But I'm thinking I'm gonna hold off for a second. Let's just see how this plays <laughs> out. And this is definitely one of those instances with Brainiac. But um, I guess at this point, this is kind of cool for for fans of uh for fans of DC at the time. This would be crazy cool because as the futures and the pasts collide, you're gonna see we 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 see like a spire in 1944 like Europe, which yes. would mean now we're seeing the losers, yeah. and our the losers are like fighting. Side by side with like Geoforce and Doctor Polaris and and Blue Beetle and it's like insane. It's like this stuff couldn't have been possible. At, like in in a little kid's mind right. who, who knew what was going on at the time, it's like what crazy. We get reintroduced and, to the Guardian uh, to the Challengers as well, right? Uh, yeah, Challengers of the Unknown. Uh, unfortunately, a bunch of the losers are killed. <laughs> and, and, well, they Which are called the losers. Right? <laughs> a lot of the time, they did happen to lose a lot. But um, they were winners until the end. It's on brand, baby. But, uh, yeah, the shadow people take a few lives. Blue Beetle realizes what's going on. Shadow person touches his shoulder. He gets saved. Uh, things are going crazy by these spires. Monitor yes. takes a look at another spire where we see more craziness going on. Solovar... Uh, yeah, yeah, my boy, my boy. <laughs> I don't know what happens to him. He, he takes some sort of injury and is like, "Go, go, leave me." And I'm like, I was like, "What?" <laughs> you say he faked his injury? <laughs> yeah, he does something and he's just on the floor. He's like I said. Remember, he was the first person that was taken. So the entire time, I'm like, "What is his purpose in this?" And then it's like, "Oh, he." I think he was attacked, and he's, like, on the floor. He's like, go, go on without me. And I'm like, what was the point of bringing your damn gorilla ass? But it is what it is. Sort of hard. He takes one for the team. Sort of hard goes down early. Oh, my <laughs> so God. They take him. Monitor sends him back where he came from. He's not dead. Um, uh, Kamandi thinks he is, though. Yes. <laughs> So now we're back to 1980, uh, 1879 Texas, where which would be like Jonah Hex time. Okay. And Jonah Hex is freaking the f- freaking the heck out because you've got John Stewart, you've got Cyborg, you got Firebrand, and Simon just doing all this crazy meta stuff in front of another spire and, uh, that had come up in the Wild West. And, and Jonah's like, <laughs> yo, yeah. Uh, the last time we saw a lantern, the dude was white. <laughs> right, right. This, and I, uh, I was, I'm also like liking the like you were saying again, like um, everyone seeing these spires in the different time zones. So it's like, what kind of tree is that, or what kind of you know, like people don't know exactly what it is. These humongous uh, tuning forks and stuff. It's, it's really it's cool. more fun for me just to see the wild mixture of heroes, like heroes that absolutely don't go together whatsoever. I'm glad John Stewart eventually um, got a haircut. Yeah, no, the afro was not working. Not a fan but of the afro. Fortunately, the Wild West wouldn't last for too much longer. 
as the white wall came for it, the white wall of antimatter takes it. The white wall of antimatter comes for Metropolis in the 30th century as well. Even the Legion of Superheroes freaking out. What's going on? Kid Psycho's dead. Uh, uh, I'm not oh, sure yes. actually how many heroes would have died at this point. Maybe all of them. But at this point is where Harbinger turns on the monitor. And it sh- doesn't show it in the issue. But on that cover for issue three, bam, that dude is dead. Crisis on Infinite Earths. When I, when I, when I, so I was, I really was um, surprised by that ending, even though they were kind of playing it up that, you know, she was going to turn. I was aware that there was an anti-monitor and they don't call him the anti-monitor till later on. He's known as the monitor. Um, Like he sees himself as the monitor, I guess, just in the anti-form or whatever. Um, But I remember being very surprised at that. I'm more interested in the following issue because I remember like, reading the first two pages and going, am I misreading? Like, did I get these wrong numbered? Because isn't he dead? Like, the monitor is dead, right? Like, why are we not picking up where we left off? And they do so much homework to show what he's done in preparation for this death. Like, he knew all this was going down. So we, instead of starting off right from this attack from Harbinger, um, the next issue opens up almost... I guess hours or a day before. And so you deal with um, him, you know, uh, well, we'll get into it, but would you deal with the events leading up to the death so that when the death takes place, you realize that he kind of, like you said, he knew it was going to happen or at least planned for it. He definitely planned for it. I'm sure he knew it was going to happen. But like I said, yeah, we, we, def- we, we don't open up with the uh, death of the monitor. They kind of show it to you on the cover. But no, we jump to Supergirl and Batgirl kind of sharing a moment, uh, just kind of accepting their morality, kind of. Yeah. Well, Batgirl is more than Supergirl. Supergirl's still willing to be a hero. Interestingly, they play them off as if they're friends and very close. But readers from back then would be like, they, I mean, it makes sense that they would know each other, but we don't get to see them like that very often. So, very cool to see. Supergirl sees a plane off in the distance, and she's like, girl, I'm about to go be a hero. Stop being a little bitch. And she just kind of flies away and saves the, saves the dude. Right. Uh, we we kind of cut to Steve Dayton, the world's fifth richest man, getting drunk. Uh, I have no clue what the heck is going on. They're just oh, is that, that weird, is that that weird Steve Dayton and uh, Constantine part? Yeah. Where I'm just yeah. like, what are they doing? Like they're like and Constantine, you know, the you know, they're, they're giving everybody's little rundown, but they never actually do anything, right? No, no, they literally just Constantine smokes a cigarette. Uh he he he, he just kind of mentions like um well, none of us are gonna die, we'll be alright. <laughs> He's like, I can see what's happening. And uh I'm just kinda watching Swamp Thing. So go read Swamp Thing. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the antimatter is is eating another world. Earth six is gone. Uh, Pariah is just like screaming, trying to help the people of the latest planet that we're at. I'm not. I think it's. Well, I want to say it's Earth five, the Quardians, and Lady Quard with her funny little uh, cheetah outfit. Yes, she doesn't really do much, and I've never read her in any other stories but Crisis events. So I can't. <laughs> yeah, I was. I didn't know much about the character. The design was a little wonky, and they make she's she's. It's said to be at many times very important to this story, and um, I don't really see it. 
She kind of is. She's 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 definitely takes part in a lot of it. Half of it, <laughs> half of it is her cursing out Pariah behind his back because she thinks that he destroyed her Earth. Yeah, I mean, she kind of blames him because he saved her life. <laughs> you know, and as she you was do. trying to. She was just trying to save her people, but she didn't know that it was um, futile. And yes. she's like, dude, let me die with my family. Let me uh, die you can't. Earth 5 is now gone. Dude. Then we see the mon- then we see the monitor. He's still kind of alive, as you said. We're like looking at the events leading up to uh, his death, at which point we see the birth of Dr. Light number two, the non-rapist one. Um, is it's this... A- is this a situation of a character being created for uh, an event and then not really ever being used again? I don't remember this this version of Dr. Light being very popular. Uh, yeah, I don't know that they used it very much. They brought her back on The Flash because we love dropping little crisis seeds Yes, on the TV show. Yes. But um, part, no, no, part, I don't want to see that we've done too much with her in comics. Okay, I thought that was just me. Yeah, yeah. So Kimio becomes the Doctor Light, and then she kind of disappears in a flash of light. Uh, we cut to the monitor being all nosy. Now she's being recreated. Uh, Harbinger is like just kind of staring at him. On <laughs> he's staring at a screen watching Doctor Light. Harbinger is staring at a screen watching him stare at a screen of Doctor Light, who then. Is <laughs> no, and, and wait, wait, and they're, and they're both, and they're all monologuing to themselves. So he's going, all- he's going. Now <laughs> I finally have the piece to the puzzle, and she goes, and now I finally see what piece to the puzzle he he, he has, and everyone's just like <laughs> talking in, uh, to themselves. It's really interesting. <laughs> it's great. So yeah, we've got monitor. Uh, Harper, you're looking at monitor share the screen, and then we've got Alexander Luther Jr. looking at Harbringer on a screen, uh, looking at monitor on a screen, looking at Dr. Light on a screen. It's just this crazy, unintentionally funny moment. That <laughs> Right. But, yeah, Harbinger's totally going to kill uh, the monitor. Uh, monitor actually told Alexander Jr. that he would be killed by her. So, yeah, he definitely knew what was coming. Yes. Um, we cut to uh, Red Tornado being kidnapped by the anti-monitor. Now him and the Psycho Pirate are like on the anti-monitor's little forced team cut back to people on our, on some form of time. I guess one, one of the monitor's teams fighting a time spire. It's got like, uh, this is where we get to see more weird bad touch killer frost. Yes. Uh, and, and, uh, firestorm. Right. But uh, at this point, all these shadow demons start to collect around the spire and then kind of take form and become one giant shadow person in every single uh, era, time, yes. planet that they have a spire in. At which point, Dr. Light comes out and she's like, oh, whoa, I got powers now. And I kind of know what I'm doing with them somehow. Nosh, nosh, don't, <laughs> you, you're, you're downplaying that. She comes in talking wild crazy. <laughs> she comes she, in like none she, of you know what you're doing. Get get away from this. I have this all to myself, and she does. You know, she was built for this, literally, like the Hulk says in Endgame. But I felt like she came in a little strong. She came in a little like I am the new thing. None of you silence. And I was like, relax. Yeah, one girl. of the girls is like, I don't like the way she's acting. <laughs> yeah, you see, 
<laughs> a lot of people are like, and somebody else is like, I think that's the new Dr. Light. I don't like her too much. And she's just like, I'm the new Dr. Light. She's like, she became Dr. Light two seconds ago. <laughs> yep, yep. Relax, relax, girl. All this, by the way, taking place on top of DC headquarters or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fun little Easter egg there. So um, she busts out this light bomb thing, blows away the shadows, but actually, no, no, it's not. It's fucking antimatter wall. Yes. <laughs> it is an antimatter wall coming to, uh, I, you know, do what it does. We go to cut to Paradise Island. All the Themyscarians are like, damn, we can't do nothing. Uh, monitor satellite in space. Pariah's back with the monitor. He'd been flipping back and forth through just kind of watching Earth's die because that's what he does. Yeah. Uh, and now he's back to watch the monitor die. I like this scene because I feel like the monitor like really gave it to him. Like the, I mean, not the monitor, sorry, Pariah. Like this is everything he's wanted to say forever. Like once yeah. uh, the monitor reveals that he has kept Pariah alive. That he has saved him at the precipice of every universe, at the brink of any every universe's death that he has seen. The monitor has used his his, his power, the like the power that emanates from his body to keep Pariah alive. And in realizing this, Pariah flips out. And he's like, What the hell is your problem? Like what could what possible reason could there ever be to do something like this to somebody? What am I, you know, uh paying for? And we eventually find out um in a couple of issues. Uh, but I really liked because you you most of the time Pariah's talking to himself. No one really knows what he's talking about. He just sounds like a crazy person. But in this instance, the monitor knows exactly what he's talking about, and he's the reason for it, which makes it even more uh, dramatic and interesting. Yeah. So I guess at this point, uh, Pariah finds out that the monitor is in fact the reason that he's been forced to watch millions upon millions upon millions of people die. Yep. Uh, <laughs> he flips out. Monitors kind of just, at the same time that we're getting the monologue, we're shown multiple Earths being destroyed and people in trouble and heroes fighting uh, shadow demons that they can't possibly beat. Yep. And the monitor gets killed by Harbinger. <laughs> yep. And, then, uh, and that's another thing. He, besides this tuning fork thing, he's been very scarce on a lot of the details of this of this uh, mission. So the fact that he uh, dies so early into this story, knowing that this is going to be twelve issues, um, did not have me have a lot of confidence for the heroes because it was like they have no like that was the captain of the ship, um, and at the time, not knowing that he had you know s- several. Um, backup plans and that, you know, what was it? Eventually you find out that his body um, was actually constraining his power, the limits to his power. So um, initially I'm just like, wow, everybody's screwed. Like that was the guy. Like he, he, he assembled the team. It reminded me of um, in dodgeball when the, when the, when the sign falls down on the, on patches, oh, hand or whatever, the dodgeball coach <laughs> and it kills him. It's like, wait, that was the, wait, that was the guy. He's the one who got everybody all together. It's hilarious. Yeah, so, I mean, at this point, Monitor's dead. He's been a pool of his own blood. Pariah freaks out. I don't know what's going on. We're doomed. We're so doomed. And he screams us to a close. Uh, Issue ends with all the heroes staring at a white light, which overcomes everything. Darkness. We're screwed. 
The anti-manner, baby. Yeah, so the next issue, uh, next issue starts off with the psycho pirate kind of uh, trying to wonder what is going on. Anti-manner actually thinks he did it. First two prime universes are gone, but why am I not strong? Yep. It's like, hold on a second. We're not done here. Uh, so we go, we come back to space, back to the monitor satellite. Harbinger's crying. She doesn't realize what she's done. I killed him. How could it have been me? Uh, then she remembers. So at this point, we find out that, yes, his death was necessary. Yeah. Uh, he, he His body was holding on, I guess, <laughs> some weird quasi-science reason. But basically, his death creates a quote-unquote netherverse. Which absorbs the two prime universes in the multiverse. Yeah, it was like and, with it was like within his that body that that corporal form that he had, he could not um, use the power power of his body to his full extent. So he knew a, a lot of the anti monitors. Oh, sorry, the, a lot of the monitors planning in this story seems not necessarily completely preventative, more than it is like to stall. Um, so like in the beginning, it was, you know, we'll just fight at the, at the tuning forks and I'll try to use the energy for the tuning fork, but I gotta get a backup plan. So I'll get Dr. Light so she can fight the shadow demons and then, um, we'll figure out what's going on with this, uh, with Alexander Luther and stuff. Um, and yeah, I just feel like they, they set this, they set this up so much and so layered with this monitor plan that I wonder, um, how far back he actually knew? I figure he fear, he realized as soon as it happened. Yeah, and he he knew that I guess that his body would be, um, or his new body, or I guess the lack of body would be what it like that that trigger. If push came to shove, if um, things got that bad, he can pull the things into himself. He can pull those universes into himself and into the nether realm. But, yeah, so the monitor kind of, as we were mentioning, his body releases all this energy. He sucks in these two universes into his netherverse. Do you think this happens on TV? I don't. Um, I I think they can do this. But my, my thing is, this would have been more interesting if we had a world that's interesting, right? Like if this is if it becomes the the main universe that we know and the and let's say the Smallville universe where they had that whole cast of characters and you had Earth One and Earth Two being sucked, you understand know what I'm saying? Like if if we had a a way to contrast that these are two yeah. different Earths being merged together, but I in the in the show like would you really know? Like would you really like if it was Earth think Earth Two and Earth Two's gone right to our knowledge? I guess. I guess the 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 biggest difference would be like the Arrowverse history changing and now having Kryptonians in its past or uh, Justice Society or whatever the case may be. I think the only big the biggest ones would be Black Lightning, Supergirl, right? They're the they're, yeah. they're the only ones who are on two other Earths anyway, right? <laughs> and I mean, and like, what, what's that going to be like? Are we gonna deal with the culture shock of Freeland showing up and you know, like like everyone showing up in Freeland and dealing with green light? Like what? Like that's I'll be interested in seeing how that goes. I was gonna ask, um, the Monitor in uh the Arrowverse has been referred to by his name more times than I think he ever was in this comic. 
Mar Novu. Has he, he ever referenced as Mar Novu in the comic? To that? I don't no. think so. I don't want to say he had a name until much, much later. Interesting. This is his name, though. Don't get it. Don't. Um, I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that they kind of, uh, they're like, kind of down. Because they, they don't believe he's a god, right? It's like, right. whatever. This guy, Marnovu. That's and, his name. And the monitor is kind of a nondescript title. It doesn't really tell you what he does. I mean, I know what a monitor does, you know? But. The over monitor. The, the name the name sounds better. What was the combination of the monitor and dark side called? Do you remember that? Oh no, ew. Was oh, it the dark please. was it the dark side monitor or something like that? I can't remember. Some kind of No, I I don't actually remember it. And I would rather not. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Doesn't that like recon all of this too? Uh or attempt to? I, what are you talking about? Um, uh, the Dark Side War. Kind, not it doesn't recon it. It acknowledges it, and then we cut to this weird version of the Anti Monitor, uh, goes by the name Mobius, which I guess it would eventually be the name that they stuck with him, right? And Mobius, as Mobius, as in the person who used to own the chair, right? But um, I don't know. I didn't really like that version of the monitor. It was of the anti monitor. It was weird to me. As cool as, as much as I've always wanted to see something like, the anti monitor fight dark side. Like, it, it it wasn't what I thought it was because that wasn't really the anti monitor. Right. But again, yeah, going getting off topic. Dark side war definitely did not uh, retcon Crisis on Infinite Earths. It was probably the first instance of the New 52 referring to something in the past. And as we, I guess, as we knew, I guess at the time they would have been already getting ready for Rebirth to start, like, bringing back Legacy. Anyway. Okay. We're getting up to, um... Yeah. Uh, uh, the actual yeah, so... debut of, the, of the, the, the foe, right? Of this whole story. Yes, sir. We're, we're almost there. We've got, uh... We've got the two Earths now in limbo, wondering what the heck is going on. All different sorts of time, era, everything existing at once. Uh, two planets sharing a space, all share. Not not yet one. It's still very separate. Still, what the heck is going on? Yes. But um, we're all the heroes who were previously fighting those spires have been uh, sucked into the into the monitor's satellite. It is a crazy, beautiful uh, splash page, a who's who of DC Comics characters. Um, I, I suggest you go search this out, make it a wallpaper, or your computer background, or something. Yeah. But um, yeah. So, so the Pariah is basically explaining everything to everyone, which he's doing it pretty bad too, because he's <laughs> he, he, he's Pariah and he's all crazy. Luckily, he has Harbinger and Alexander Luther with him. Right, and th- so that's created that's created like this 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 trinity, right? This weird like crisis trinity that we see throughout the rest of the story. Yeah, of Harbinger, yeah. Uh, Pariah, and um, Alexander Luther, the people that were basically entrusted with the Monitor's mission. Yeah, they're they're they are his, uh, like you said, I guess his trinity, his yeah. trinity. Uh, I guess this is an excuse for George Perez to just draw everyone. 
<laughs> yeah, that that yeah, first people... that first flash page of the fifteen wasn't enough. He was oh, like, no, nah, I want everybody. But um, yeah. So basically, the heroes are like, dude, explain this to us, and at the same time, kind of, uh, not arguing with each other, but coexisting. It's funny, like, dude, how do you know my name? You know, like, what the heck? Who are you? And it's all a mess. Right. We go, we cut back, to, we 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 cut back to like Earth just to kind of see how things are going now that Earths one and two are uh, sharing a space. Alexander Luther explains uh, the logistics of that, as well as <clears throat> the, the the fact that there are still universes left, yep. not just Earth one and two. But for, for they they still need to be saved, you know. Yep. Uh, this is not done. You're not saved. This is kind of just a stopgap. So go back to your worlds, see what's up, and I guess hurry up because we don't have much time. Exactly. Um, so everyone gets sent back. The lanterns are just now discovering their uh, uh, guardians, kind of stuck in the anti monitor's beam. They all get knocked out. Cut back to the Earth. Superman is like explaining to the younger Superman that things are uh, things are messed up. They they blame the Monitor because I guess at this point you know they would have still thought he was a villain, right? But um, no, he was not. Again, a lot of more confusion, a lot more heroes dealing with like dinosaurs and silly things right in the middle of uh, a crisis. <laughs> as I guess. <laughs> um, and we could see the anti-monitor kind of uh, showing that he actually has uh, – he has the Flash. He's using the Red Tornado to power uh, something. We're not sure what it is yet, but we're <laughs> well, told- he's, It's about the vi- vibrational frequencies, right? We, we, know, we don't know exactly what he's up to, but we know that he, um, in spinning – in causing the Red Tornado to spin, he's using something with his vibrational frequencies. He's uh, – yeah, no um, – they kind of just explained to us that he's changing him into what he was meant to be. And then what was left of the red tornado is no longer, I guess this being simply no longer exists (laughs) as uh, dramatic as eighties comics would be. So on earth two people are freaking out still. And then the red tornado's purpose starts to become uh, more visible because a freaking giant red tornado pops up in the sky. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Red tornado, yell lightning. This is not a natural disaster. Doctor Fate tries to shut it down. He can't. Zatanna, uh, Zatara, uh, Madame Zandal. I want to say that is. So many people try. They can't. Uh, I'm not even sure what it is it's doing at this moment. Uh, What's the storm? <laughs> yeah, they 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 kind of do. They they don't. I don't know that they successfully stop it. But it does stop. Yes, you're right. <laughs> no, you're right. 100%. As the worlds are merging together and stuff. Yeah, so the tornado stops. Red tornado kind of crashes into the ground. They're like, what? I thought he was one of the good guys. <laughs> um, not knowing what's going on. Uh, Catman, Catman is like hurt. He, he, he can't help. His new girl, Yolanda. Is, uh, that the, um, is that the Wildcat? The new Wildcat? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That character More. felt a bit forced as well. Like, that felt like the new Dr. Light situation. Yeah, yeah. It was unnecessary changing of the guards that it served no purpose other than to uh, 
<laughs> I'm assuming to create a, a Latino character. That and just to kind of show, like, we're moving on to the next generation. Because, you know, no offense to, you know, uh, Marv Wolfman, but that character was like one Icarumba away, you know? From. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, well, all right. I all right, Yolanda. <laughs> all right, Yolanda. Yolanda Montez. <laughs> Okay, Yolanda, all get right, back Yolanda. in line. That's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, at this point, all the heroes agree they will help the monitor. Uh, they will help Pariah. Let's do this. And it's this weird, let's do this moment. <laughs> so everyone who agrees gets brought back oh, to the wait, ship. Wait. Oh, sorry, just to, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you like, I think what makes that weird is that in the beginning, people were kind of like, some of them are not even really believing him. Like yeah. a lot of some of them, especially with Pariah, when you were saying when he was explaining things, people were like, "Ah, shut up!" Like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, there's dinosaurs. Like, just believe anybody, especially the guy in the gold suit. Like, believe him. If anything, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, um, all the heroes who agree do get brought back to the ship, and it's like, uh, "Let's send you through the vortex." Oh, wait, something's happening. The satellite gets attacked. It's being attacked by the anti-monitor who is not calling himself that, as you said. He says, call me the monitor. And very soon I shall be ruler over all who live. Um, Which is weird because he doesn't intend on having anybody live. That's the first time we see him in his uh, weird face glory. Yeah, he's got a crazy looking face. Um, I don't think that the TV show nailed that look, though. Um, on the show, without the helmet on, the monitor looks like a White Walker from like Game of Thrones. Yeah, and I didn't. I guess I didn't think of it like like. I guess it is armor with some kind of weird skin or whatever. But I didn't. I definitely didn't see it the way that the show interpreted it. Um, is it <laughs> in that issue as well that we find out that um, psycho pirates like? His in on all this is the idea that if he serves the monitor, he'll get some universes to play with. Yep, very. As a matter of fact, on the next issue, because the um, issue four ends with uh, the monitor reveal. Okay. But, um, yeah. So issue five starts with the uh, the monitor is dead. The anti monitor is in his full glory. He looks kind of like the monitor, but more robotish. Uh, yes. Barry Allen's kind of trying to escape. But then, yes, it does get explained that if, or at least, I don't know that he, the monitor actually means to do this, but. He sure is he sure how told Psycho Pirate, though. Yeah, he sure is how told Psycho Pirate that uh, he would let him have a universe to play with. Um, so we get this cool little page, uh, just one page story of Earth X, home of the Freedom Fighters who fight against Hitler's. Uh, Hitler's regime who had never stopped in World War II. And they kind of just run to, like, they, they, they accept the end and run towards the wall. It's very heroic. I hope we do get something like that in the show from some recognizable characters. Yeah, we saw some of the Freedom Fighters in um, that Earth-X crossover episode. Uh, one of them died. <laughs> um, it was the guardian of that of that. Uh, Earth, but Ray is from that Earth, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's a freedom fighter as well. The Ray. Yeah, the Ray. The Ray and Captain Cold from over there. Uh, uh, Leo. 
Leo. Leo Snart. Leo Snart. Um, we also see uh, that they got our boy the Flash. They got Barry Allen, and they're kind of torturing him in a really kind of fucked up way. Yeah, the the psycho pirate is torturing him emotionally. We don't know what he's u- being used for yet. Neither does he. Nope. Uh, I guess. I guess coming back to the satellite being destroyed, um, Supergirl and everyone, it's a satellite full of heroes. They're all helping each other. But um, Pariah gets sucked away again. If the monitor is not here, what's going on? I guess the curse or whatever. I, I'm not exactly sure how it works. Truly. Right. truly. right. <laughs> but I guess it's still in effect. And... Um, I, I don't I think the the harp I think Harbinger is actually still for some reason on the she's like corrupted still uh, no I think she's fine doesn't it doesn't she do like something where she loses her she does one more thing and loses all her powers oh that's right he's uh he 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 Alexander Luther was going to uh probably he he might he probably would have died bringing the final three Earths that are remaining outside of the Netherverse inside of the Netherverse. So uh, it'd be five in total. Right. But she's like, ah, dog, you still got time. She flies by everybody, crashes into the machine, satellites destroyed forever. I think that she accomplished what Luther's trying to do. At this point, the villains start to get together. Fun times. Wait, um, well, more, more so, Luther just kind of gets... Uh, Kidnapped by Brainiac, but we don't really know what's going on. No, that they act, kinda... that actually is a pretty slow burn. That don't act that we don't start to see the fruits of that labor to like uh, issue like nine or ten. Yeah, it turns out that um, uh, the Anti Monitor has amplified the Psycho Pirate's powers, as you do, as you do. So, um, uh, Psycho Pirate at this point realizes he is in over his head. <laughs> right. It hurts. Seems like dog, you shut up. Earth four, the home of the Charlotte, uh, the um, Char- the Charlton Beetle, Char- Charlatan. Char- I don't want to call him Charlton. Char- Charlton. Charlton. Charlton Comics. Earth four, home of uh, Charlton Comics, destroyed by the Anti Monitor. Jay Garrick has this fun little uh, moment here. Uh, actually, it's just it's just a random little battle. Earth four gets destroyed. Blue Beetle. Uh, Blue Beetle, the question. They're just kind of like, what the heck are we doing? Uh, I don't know, but we've got to save heroes without killing ourselves. Yes. <laughs> Come back to Earth 1 and 2. They're still merging. We're dealing with that. Beast Boy, uh, we get some scenes of Beast Boy kind of getting his ass beat. He's getting his ass beat by none other than Shazam, uh, Captain Marvel. The big cheese. Who is is uh I guess he would have been from Earth S, something like that. Oh. And I'm also guessing this is they hadn't used this character in a while, right? No, uh, I, 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 at this point, I don't know that he would have had he would he he would have had a book or anything. I don't know that DC had been using this character at this uh, in '85. I I think that along with the Charlton characters, this was an uh, opportunity to bring in um, Shazam, aka. These are all, look at all the characters we bought. <laughs> look at all the IP that we own now uh, between Fawcett Comics and Charlton Comics and et cetera. <laughs> yeah, so um, 
uh, uh, right now, a crystal diamond barrier starts to appear in front of the antimatter walls, and everyone kind of realizes, oh, you know, it's Harbinger. So uh, uh, we're also shown uh, that on Earth X, the Freedom Fighters are still alive. Yes. They're still kind of holding on. Thanks to the Harbinger's weird uh, uh, little diamond barrier. But it turns out she's actually pulling in more Earths into the Netherverse to merge with Earth 1 and 2. Three more Earths, to be exact. Earth 4, contained in the Char uh, Charlton comics. Earth X, containing the Freedom Fighters. And Earth S, containing uh, Captain Marvel's family. Yes. So, if you're keeping track at this point, the histories of Earth 1, 2, 4, X, and S are what would be eventually combined into one. Right. But I guess those are the ones yes. that are most, more, most important. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess uh, the TV show parallels would be, what, Earth 1, Earth 38, whatever Earth um, Black Lightning is on. Right. And then maybe just those three. One, two, three. Uh, yeah, because the, the other ones are fodder. Don't they lose them? Or do they get all five into one? No, they get five. They get those okay, five. Okay. Uh, Supergirl. Yeah. The Flash's universe, Supergirls, Black Lightnings. May, maybe Kingdom Come? Maybe? That whole old continuity? Yeah, maybe. If it's not completely destroyed. Yeah, and then Kingdom Come Superman has nowhere to live. Uh, yada yada. Right, right. That'd be interesting. But, um, yeah, so five Earths being merged into one, but something is wrong. There, <laughs> What do you mean? But something is wrong. Racial... Of course, something is wrong. Why five Earths are merged into one? <laughs> five Earths merging into one. It can't be that simple, you know. Uh, the yeah. vibrational frequencies are off. This is not right. If they don't fix that. They're going to. Uh, they they would have just destroyed everyone anyway. Is this a, is this what the people phasing in so, and out? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's funny because uh, this is this is where we get that big final splash page of like this is I guess what is supposed to be a debut of Yolanda Montez. Yeah, as, she's uh, coming, baby. The new Wildcat. I do it for you, Ted. She was the um, one, she is the one who, you know, who changed the course of this whole war. That's, that's <laughs> totally the way they made it look at the end of that issue. You know, she, you know, she did it to it. I don't know She's quite like, what they were trying to tell me about that, but yeah. She's like, well, bow, and I am the it, new wildcat. Interesting. All right. Interesting. Sure you are. <laughs> Next issue is issue six. Seven, the famous, very, very famous cover, Superman holding the dead Supergirl. Uh, sad stuff. Marv Wolfman actually says he killed Supergirl because there were too many Kryptonians. Uh, he wanted to bring Superman back to the lone Kryptonian survivor of Krypton, just by lonely by himself. <laughs> that, <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like what this guy said. Um, Steppenwolf with the two. Uh, no Kryptonians or whatever the hell. Too many, <laughs> way too many. I heard, yeah, that also people were, you know, kind of saying that Supergirl was like a ripoff of Superman, like a, like an offshoot, of, um, not uh, original enough. 
that there was a lot of uh, criticisms being hurled at the Supergirl character at this time. And even though um, she famously dies in this issue, she she does it while getting a lot of um, acclaim. Like there's a lot of respect for the character. She dies in a heroic way. She's seen as one of the strongest characters in in her death. Um, And I think that that was all on purpose. Absolutely. If you're gonna kill a character, we're not just gonna use it like cannon fodder, you know. We're gonna respect it. Yeah, but we're like a kid psycho. Kid, no one, no one's respecting kid psycho. Oh sure, but he's no Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, people fading in and out. It's weird. I guess they're fading in and out of existence, so sure. to speak. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so we're shown the effects of these worlds merging, and then we are shown a Harbinger, uh, not Harbinger, Alexander Luther collect one person from each of the remaining universes, and Lady Quark, because she's still here. <laughs> we gotta bring her, we gotta bring her around anyway. So we get Lady Quark, uh, her universe is gone. We get Superman at Birth One, called the greatest of all heroes. Uh, Uncle Sam, the embodiment of hope and peace. Captain uh, Uncle Sam from Earth X. Captain Marvel of Earth S, without doubt, the world's mightiest mortal. Superman of Earth 2, the legend from whom all others have come. And Blue Beetle from Earth 4, who can the who's who's get on with it, pal? Oh, fuck you, Blue Beetle. Yeah, he, <laughs> he is not. Yeah, he's not having fun. <laughs> he's not here for it. But, uh, yeah, so... They need their help basically stopping the crisis. Well, well, stopping the Earths from destroying each other. But first, story time. <laughs> We're okay. going to tell you exactly how this came to happen. So then we get the story of Krona, the Owen who was just too curious for his own good. I yes. guess if you know DC Comics history, you know at the beginning of time, there is the giant blue hand. Uh, I guess on 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 OUP, they were told not to even peek at that thing, or uh, to interfere with it whatsoever, even though they have the power to, because of untold consequences. Consequence being the creation of the multiverse. Yes. Uh, as well as the creation of the antimatter universe, which is basically the opposite of this, right? Where the anti monitor rules and, and was born. So, isn't it some kind of weird self uh, fulfilling prophecy kind of deal? Yeah, like yeah, where absolutely. he's meant to see the he's meant to see the the dawn of it, which is meant to cause the anti monitor to then fight the specter, which is then meant yes. to be seen by Krona, which is then meant to cause the right. Like I. I I, that's what I it gathered, I, and I, I was completely confused. At no, you're absolutely points. right. You're absolutely right about that. So, um, yeah, because they're like they're big- all like, we need to go back to the f- beginning of time and stop him. But he was there. Like, this is where this all happens. Like, what do you? What did you think was going to happen here? I guess, in a way, there is never a the uh, what's it called the universal constant. Yes, Corona always gets curious and he always gets punished and and the multiverse is always created <laughs> yes. that's how i saw it though but, yeah totally. but yeah corona uh where did he get sent was he sent to the antimatter universe uh that would make sense because you have oa and cord oa would be the positive matter universe and the antimatter universe 
would be court, and that's also where they sent um they banished, yeah. Yeah, so I think they just uh, say I think they, they just say that uh he's banished. I don't think they necessarily say where he could where he went, but if I had to guess, I would go with what you said. I think he's at court. Yeah, so he gets banished. The Owens eventually do create the Manhunters and then the Green Lanterns. Uh, but unbeknownst to them, the monitor of positive energy was born on the moon of Oa. And on the opposite universe, in the animated universe, uh, I guess, occupying the same space as Oa? Yeah. The uh, anti-monitor was born. And Echoes eventually they will become aware of each other. And then the first crisis began when they had a million-year war against each other. They knocked each other out. Is it dumb? <laughs> That's the but, uh, that was hilarious to me. It's like they fought, they knocked yeah. each other out for millions of years. They were both KO'd, <laughs> and then just went to... yeah. So and then, then it's old Superman. Yeah, he's like, so who woke him up? <laughs> and Pariah's like, well. <laughs> See what had happened was. Oh. Uh, hear me out. That's it. That's it. It's not so what Pariah it seems. Gives, Pariah gives his uh, his account of what happened, and, it, and it's basically the same, almost the same thing that happened to Corona. He got two brick for his own britches. He got curious. I discovered a multiverse. I can at last learn the origin of the universe. Uh, all he really did was wake wake up the uh, wake up the animator. He 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 created all these machines to look back in time, and then accidentally created this antimatter cube. And uh, he he entered the chamber. He saw the blue hand. He he, which you're not supposed to do, and. At the very same time, the very first antimatter wave came across um, his Earth, his universe. Yeah. Sad, alone for millions of years, which is something I actually forgot. <laughs> which would make you quite, you know? Yeah, give you time to think. <laughs> so he's just been kind of floating there all that time. Yeah. Monitor, is, monitor, we get cool scenes of the monitor being naked. And he discovers Pariah and has, I guess... I don't want to say curses him. I, I don't really know. He hits him with a lightning bolt. And he makes him witness the deaths of all these universes. So Superman's like, dude, what the hell? What are you doing here, chick? Talking yep. to Marbringer. She doesn't really answer him, does she? No. She's just like, hey, they found me floating on some water. Don't worry about me. I'm not important. Yes. But I killed him, though. And Lady Quartz like, I'm going to kill this bitch. But, um, yeah, that's the gist of the conversation there. We're flown back to the showing show the Earths combining. It's not really working too well. Uh, yeah, because it, it's, it's in that conversation that they say, well, we're, we're going to go um, to the beginning of time, right? Yeah, so now we've got to go. No, 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 that's like, uh, I don't think that's happened yet. They're just kind of um, explaining what the anti-monitor actually wants to do. You see, he, he it turns out that he just kind of wants the entire multiverse to be made of anti antimatter. So oh, yes. to said, he'd have to go back to the beginning of time and change everything from its very origin. Right. So they also have to go to the beginning of time and stop him from doing that. Yes. 
Luther's uh, Alex, little Alex Luther's got a portal open for them to do so. Well, not yet. I'm getting ahead of myself. He's got a portal open for them to go to the antimatter universe and take a fight to the anti-monitor at his house. Yep. These heroes are a gangster. True definition of a gangster. Mm, <laughs> I ain't paying none of that. Uh, anti-monitor uh, anti has planned for this, though. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm going to reward them with some death. So now um, it's a big fight. It's crazy fight. It's fun stuff going on. Everyone's freaking lanterns from uh, all Earths. We've got... Alan Scott, his daughter Jade. We've got Superman, Wonder Woman, all types of freaking heroes here fighting on Quard. Uh, all this is going on. They discover a machine inside of the monitor's, I guess, house. Yes. I don't know that they have houses, but his, what, yeah, his what, dwelling. Call a house. <laughs> And they discover that he's got a machine that converts starlight into energy. It's far beyond anything they've got on Earth. And it looks like that's what he's using to reduce the vibrational frequencies between Earths. And she's like, yeah, I'm a scientist, duh. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, know yeah. It's funny. Fun. Uh, it's funny. She she definitely knew what was going on. For Very coincidentally. But I don't have issues with coincidences and stories. So all, all, all things happen for a reason. Yeah. At this point... Anti-Monitor attacks Superman. He screams out in pain. Supergirl's like, what? My cousin doesn't do that. So she turns around. he's bleeding, around. right? Yeah, he's bleeding. He's hurt. He's yeah. getting his ass whipped by the Monitor. He is getting smoked. He's getting smoked so bad, they made somebody recolor the blood on his head to skin tone because that's too violent. <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking, like, uh, oh, wow. Super In this antimatter world, it doesn't seem to that these Kryptonians have that much invulnerability, or maybe he's just that powerful. No, yeah, the antimatter is just that powerful. Um, I don't know that Superman would have. Well, yeah, it's the antimatter. Um, <laughs> so Supergirl shows her strength. She kind of gets one on the antimatter, gets him by surprise, knocks him around a little bit. She's pissed. She is like, "This dude beat my cousin. I'm not as strong as he is, but goddamn, if you're gonna beat my cousin." So she gives this little speech about how cool she is and for all those deaths, how could you care so little? And everyone's all impressed. And it's, it's the greatest moment that she could have possibly had in this situation. She looked great. Of course, at this moment, it, she was killed by yes. the anti-monitor, oh. protecting her cousin. Yeah. Great stuff, though. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, she got smoked. Everyone is sad. She gives her a little goodbye. Clark screams. Uh, he's pissed. That that I actually like the most. Um, Clark's just anger. He's just unbridled he, anger towards the whole it, situation. It's, it's something you don't usually see where he basically, you know, he actually screams out the words, you know, I, I want to kill him for this. Yeah. He's, he's crying and, and he, um, Cal L of Earth 2... It being the older, wiser version of our Superman just kind of reminds him, you know, Car, Car sacrificed himself for this. You know, don't mess it up. Yeah, he's like you're talking that you're talking neck snap and talk over there. All right, when yeah. you go down that route, right. it's hard to come back. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess a day a day's passed, 
and Supergirl's death is in the papers. I, I, I don't know the logistics of a newspaper and news reports on a Earth that's going through some type of weird merging. So that's but, another that's another weird part of this story is that they definitely take some time to be like, oh, ain't things wacky? But I think way more than wacky, they would be existentially terrifying. You know, like, yeah. what is going on? But there's a lot of, like, news reports of, like, hey, look, there's a mammoth in Central Park or whatever. And I'm like, no, you guys would be bugging the fuck out. Like, everybody would be going so crazy uh, in this. But, but yeah, I guess, I guess news... Like, news reporters went to work, right? It's like, like they, they, they got dressed and went to work, even though Imagine all this is going on. They've got this fun, this scene. It's just one panel at the Daily Planet. It's, it's a lot of the back of people's heads. But um, at Perry's desk, there are two Perrys. And it's just... Oh, yes. it, it, it's it's um it's it's funny how fast people just kind of got used to <laughs> used to sharing an earth with yeah. the doppelgangers and yeah. whatnot. No, it was, it but was cool. Everyone's just kind of cool with it. But we get this funeral scene for Supergirl. I guess Superman flies her body into the sun. Goodbye, Kara, Linda Lee, Supergirl. I will miss you forever. We get a little prayer scene. Uh, and issue. What did you think of the death of Supergirl issue, which I actually have to buy, by the way? It's one of the two that I'm missing in my collection of Crisis on Infinite Earths. So it's a big issue. You're probably missing it because because it's, it's such a landmark issue. People probably gobbled that thing up um, when it first came out. Um, mm-hmm. it, it screams, you know, hero sacrifice. It, 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 like, it, it doesn't ring hollow. It doesn't ring cliché. Even though you've seen this scene acted out in many different ways, um, it was cool seeing a female character, not not fear, um, the monitor. Um, she came at him, came at him hard, and um, seeing the reverence that the world and Superman had for her made her her life and death more impactful. My question to you is: Do you you know is is Oliver meant to be this person, or are we gonna get a surprise? Uh, death um, come I definitely think we're going to get some hopefully less hopefully not too many but just uh, I definitely think we're getting some surprise deaths I don't I don't I don't know that it's going to serve that same uh, that same purpose but um, I, I, I still feel as though Oliver is going to be that main important sacrifice but um I guess we'll see. Mm. I wa- I better not be like Black Canary. Like it got to be somebody I care about. No, it can't be Black Canary. She's got to live. She's got a spinoff to star in. They'll just pull another Laurel. You'll just they'll, they'll find another Laurel <laughs> in this crisis. Oh my gosh! But yeah, now they now they now it's it's about the race against time. Now it's about trying to get to. Uh, there, yeah, now right? we're just trying to stop. Now we're just trying to stop the monitor from doing what he does. Uh, and this the, entire time, this entire time, um, we're told that the reason why they have the flash is so that he can't what go back in time. It was his time traveling abilities that they were kind of worried about, right? Yeah, but I guess that they would also eventually 
want to use. Right. <laughs> they had the chance. But... Yeah. Yeah. So um, this issue is uh, this is issue eight. It's famous for the death of the Flash. Yes. The death of Barry Allen. Um, probably the biggest comic book death. Uh, well, I mean, for a long time, they, I mean, I know they eventually undid it, but for a long time, the biggest comic book superhero death in possibly history. Yeah. They just they, a super super important character just gone and actually dead, actually off the table for almost thirty years. Yeah, that's unprecedented. It is. It <laughs> they, is. I thought it was. I think it's one of the most interesting decisions in comic book history honestly um when you look back at publications and you look back at continuity and you look back at the things that are done um it's it's such that move is so important to dc's history that like i said again this story has to be uh you know on the list of things that you if you want a better understanding of how everything came to be you need to read this story especially this issue um when it comes to the flash character I uh, <laughs> I I always I always uh, I always kind of look at the Flash's death whenever there's a death in superhero comics, and I just kind of I'm just like they I'm like, not only not only is it crazy that they did something like that at the time that they did it, it's, it's so crazy that I don't think they would ever do something like that again. <laughs> Right, and I mean, we live in a we live in a much more cynical society. So even if somebody did die like that, people are literally look, setting their watches for when that character comes back. And it never lasts for more than a year or two. So you know, I don't blame them for kind of thinking that way. But I'm saying like, that we're, we're we're conditioned to believe that at this point. But Barry Barry lasted for thirty years. You know, thirty years. And I almost wonder if people at the time expected him to come back in a year. Any any second now. Any second now. It's he'll like be, thirty years later. He'll be back any second now. But um, yeah, the we find out that um, the anti monitor went to Quard. Um, I guess where where and he he is the one who attacked the satellite. Um, at Quard was that where he was at? Yeah, he. He attacked from um from where he was, which would have been Quart in yes. the antimatter in the antimatter universe. Uh, everyone's actually home by now. They never showed how they got home. They just kind of went home, right? And I don't, I don't, I don't. I think that they thought that the crisis was over. Oh, okay. So everyone just went home because the yeah, antimatter they... is seemingly defeated because both him and Supergirl disappeared in the in that explosion. Oh well, Supergirl yeah, well, died. Disappeared. <laughs> but Supergirl he, he disappeared in the explosion. I'm sorry. So yeah, we get a scene of the uh, the Legion um, superheroes kind of watching over the merging of the worlds, um, and just being pissed. You know, Brainy Five is pissed. Kara's gone, and and as you know, Kara spent some time as a Legionnaire, so yeah, it hurt them. Uh, Earth One, we get some more scenes of uh, <laughs> people bugging out on Earth One. Uh, we're back at the satellite. We kind of see Dr. Will Magnus working on a Red Tornado. 
we some the, it, the, basically people thought that the crisis was over, for, and they went back to kind of maybe cleaning up. Yeah. Until uh, I guess the blue de- we get this weird <laughs> this weird blue devil scene that does not get uh it, it doesn't, oh, it doesn't get, really go anywhere right. It doesn't go anywhere. It kind of. This was maybe the first instance of a comic book, kind of, kind of, almost wanting you to force you to read a tie-in. Okay. Go read. Uh, go read uh, Blue Demon, Blue Devil, in whatever issue. I'm guess that's been talking <laughs> to his own sort of sort of adventure there. Yeah. yeah. What I found so interesting kept... in this story, and I mean with this issue and the rest of the issues, is that. I don't know why, but I didn't think that the anti-monitor would be so chatty. But he's very chatty. <laughs> he's very monologue He's very... Fool! This was only... This is not even my final form. Like, he's very much that character. And so in this instance, he's like, I'm building a anti-matter cannon. Like, screw that. Screw that other plan I had. You know, like, they, these bastards, they think that they got me figured out. I'm building this fucking cannon, and it's gonna, I'm just gonna blow up, basically blow antimatter at all these uh, various Earths. And I found that kind of funny, because I don't know why. I just thought he'd be bigger than talking. He would just kind of do. I don't know why I thought the antimatter was more of a, just like a, a force of nature, more so than a personality. I feel like it would have been written that way nowadays. <laughs> at that time he just kind of was an 80s character that's just kind of what they did I don't know that they would have even allowed him to be silent yeah or... and again there was no precipice you know there was I mean, no president uh, before so <laughs> there would have been no one to go uh, on after so, I, I, that so makes sense. Um, no that definitely does but I guess getting back to uh, issue 8 uh, called The Flash of Lightning uh, we've cut to the Flash just kind of breaking out of his weird little nasty jello prison. <laughs> yes. uh, he beats the snot out of the psycho pirate, uh, breaks out of his, uh, I guess, emotional prison the, as well, because he kind of broke out of the jello prison, but he was still under the psycho pirate's control. But Barry breaks out of it with his will. And just kind of beats the absolute snot out of the psycho pirate. Then uses him to. Oh make my god! The- I thought he was dead because of the the speed punches. I'm like, he's dead. Oh yeah, he just killed this man. <laughs> he just killed him. But no, psycho pirate is like, I'll do whatever you want. So he takes him. He forces him to make the Cordians turn against the monitor. I like this. So- I really like this. I really like. That was this. great. She turns his face so that he can basically. Uh, because of Psycho Pirate's ability to manipulate emotions, he creates the emotion of a, of rebellion in inside all the Cordians who then yep. turn on the monitor, death to the monitor. Yep, yep. So then they start uh, attacking him with those Cordian light bulbs and just kind of knocks him down just long enough for Barry to discover the monitor's anti-matter weapon. This is the weapon that he had been using to destroy all these planets all this time. The cannon, Yeah, giant cannon, because freaking 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Monitor blows up. He's like, dog! The uh, the anti-matter cannon has been tampered with. What are you doing? Kaboom! It was the Flash. He's messing with our stuff. I'm gonna kill him. Yep. So at this point... 
uh, Barry decides he's going to spin around the machine because <laughs> I, what else could he have done <laughs> but to run around it? <laughs> he's yeah. just like, uh, what do I do? What do I do? I'm uh, going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I don't know what else to do. So he's running no matter how much it hurts. He says he can feel the time stream all around him. And at this point, we see that uh, every we see we, we, we see that the Flash's previous appearances in both the beginning of this book and just prior in, I guess, Teen Titans uh, or I guess Flash appearing in front of Wally was actually him at the end of his life. Uh, Being just scattered through time, of, right? Just just spinning in a circle, but also running through time uh, and just making appearances. Can someone help? Uh, there's always hope. Time to save the world. Time back in time. Do what you have to. We must save the world. And the Flash fades from existence. Barry Allen is no more. And Barry Allen was big. Though, um, if you believe Marv Wolfman, he claims that he left a plot device in the story which would allow Barry Allen to be resurrected if the time ever it came. Uh, it, this story was written in 1985, I want to say in 2009. Barry Allen was brought back to life uh, in, final, in Final Crisis. Uh, the story being that he had been lost to the Speed Force from the, uh, from the moment that we had just kind of gone over where he fades from existence and dies destroying the monitor's anti-matter cannon. Uh, I, again, what do you think? So I, I think what was one of the most uh, touching things, you know, the writing in this entire story is just very, is just good, you know. And um, I found that one of the most uh, touching or maybe heartbreaking parts of the story is the part where they go into the fact that, like, no one was here to see him die. Yeah. I, like yeah. I don't know why I don't know why, but the way that they describe that, like you know, like he just saved the entire world, and no one is here to witness the fact that he's gone, and he will be gone, and people won't realize that they won't be hip to that till much later on, that that he's made this uh, big sacrifice, and the idea that, like you said, somebody who was so instrumental in ushering an entire age of superheroes, uh, especially for DC Comics, for him to go out in such a silent way, almost the opposite way that Kara did. Um, it's poetic. Yeah. It's, 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 um, it's tragic. Um, but his death kind of, yeah. uh, really sad. It wasn't really like heroic yeah. as they would want to write it on the TV show. I'm sure if they did it themselves, he was more just like, help. No one's helping. Right. Right. God exactly. damn it. Right. Right. I'm right. going to die. Damn, this sucks. <laughs> right. Somebody save him. And he destroys the cannon, though. Um, then we kind of get that iconic shot of uh, the Flash fading into a skeleton and then nothing and to an empty suit and a ring. It also <laughs> reminds me of, um, you know, you hear people when they talk about, like, stars about how like yeah. stars exist and we're we're seeing what we're seeing is like a snapshot of them dispersed through time like some of the stars that we yeah. see in the sky have long since been exploded have long since been destroyed 
and we, we still see them because the residual light traveling to us takes that t- that much time. Um, so that would remind me of this flash when later on Wally sees him. He's not actually seeing him. He's seeing a portion of him that was dispersed because of this sacrifice. The same way that Batman, when the Batman, when they see him later on post this sacrifice, um, I it's cool that they get those glimpses while he's doing the whole thing. I thought that was also really heartbreaking, right? Like the idea that this person that we will be losing, you're going to see glimpses of him right at the door of death and then seemingly yeah, when he dies. Again, it's pretty, it's pretty not only sad, but just all around messed up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the monitor declares that the universe will provide the power he needs. And he just kind of starts absorbing the antimatter, uh, the antimatter of his entire antimatter universe. So he just became like carnival, uh, carnivore, uh, uh, cannibal. Yes, he doesn't but, give a damn anymore. He does not care. He's going to use that energy to take himself and do whatever he wants to do. But this has angered and awakened the spirit of vengeance himself, the Spectre. I love and the Spectre. He is pissed. I love that shot. But also the little eulogy for the Flash. 1956. I said 61. I was wrong. To 1985. May he rest in peace. Mm. Great stuff. Uh, just a great issue um, on its own. It's pretty freaking good. Um, next, um, next cover is full-on villain party. Beautiful, beautiful stuff from George Perez. Love it. I freaking love it. So again, the issue starts with Guy Gardner being given back his Green Lantern ring. And before this, he had been running around in a weird outfit with a G on his chest. It was strange. But, uh, he, what did he lose it like? Uh, uh, what's it called? Bad behavior. Yeah, he was a dick. Guy, guy's a dick. Everyone knows that. Okay. He, he, I'm sure whatever it was that he did, he deserved to get his ring taken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if something happens. They're not sure what it is, but a flame comes from nowhere, blows up. <laughs> it's funny because this. This is a flame which kills. Yes. Flames kill. Flames usually kill. But, um, yeah, the Guardians are dead. Guardians are supposed to be immortal. And uh, all but for one who gets up and he's like, we are immortal, but the antimatter defies the logic of our science. It kills. It kills. And it's like, okay. I <laughs> yeah, I like, I like how they how they break that down constantly. And then it just makes Pariah just fluff. Flip out every turn. He just starts overreacting at all turns. I mean, I guess not overreacting when the skies are bleeding red blood and stuff. But yeah, it's definitely not an overreaction. I wouldn't say, but um, right. yeah. So now we've got this uh, this situation on Brainiac's ship, which mirrors the situation on uh, the Monitor satellite earlier in the story. Brainiac has collected villains from all around i guess i don't even want to say the multiverse it looks like he just collected all his earth one villain peeps yeah right but um yeah the ship is full of villains joker grundy uh sinestro star sapphire uh freaking black manta catman um catman. many 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 villains captain cold star uh, killer frost 
Lex, Simon. Simon's the one who's like, what the heck are we doing here? Uh, uh, he, he, we, I'm, I, I've seen the crisis. I don't want to deal with that stuff again. Um, what do you think of, um, you know, we eventually find out that Luther and Brainiac are all like, well, because, you know, they're like, oh, you know, we're going to wait till the heroes, you know, aren't paying attention. And then we're going to take over these earths and yada, 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 split it amongst ourselves, etc. But Brainiac and uh, Luther are so down with, like, they don't care if anyone else dies. No, they don't. They are they're, They know that there's nothing for them if the multiverse is destroyed. So whatever the case may be, let's just make sure that we live. I don't care who dies. There's yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, the villains are getting a plan together. Uh, he Bra- Brainiac is kind of knows what's going on, but the as you said, they kind of just want to use this as a time to strike. <laughs> and yes. uh, Lex Luthor of Earth too. It's funny because he kind of uh, he speaks out and he's just like instantly killed. <laughs> just thrown away. Uh, so anyone who had any attachment to Earth Two's Luther, um, sorry. <laughs> I actually like that was done in a very television kind of way. Of like, like, we don't need to, you know, and then she just gets rid of him. I thought that was very like Luther. Often in these stories where the story is bigger than him, they have to find a way to. Um, get him as over as possible in the short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Explain who he is, his kind of mannerisms, uh, you know, his motives and stuff like that. And they always nail him. They always seem to do a very good job in very short spurts of, the, you know, the, exactly the kind of person he is. And um, with him choosing to partner up with this robot and knowing that he could be causing the death of, you know, tons of other people, I thought that was um, pretty interesting. For sure. Um, we get to a scene on a Tamaranian spaceship. Um, Starfire talking to... Uh, I, I I don't exactly know the relation between her and the... Uh, what is he, a prince? Yeah, uh, I get that either. A prince? Anyway, he's another Tamaranian, and he's like, are we really going home? Uh, yeah, they're not related, but I guess he's just another Tamaran. Right. <laughs> So a scene of, uh, I guess we would have been just building more towards Mark Wolfman's Teen Titans stuff later on because this does that's not. All ever... that spelled to me, honestly, that and even the idea that Cyborg would be put on the the, the main the, the fifteen squad or whatever, just felt like yeah, call, they call outs just, for like, him yeah. to be like, hey, my guys are important too. They, they they just brought her on this Tamaranian ship, and then these other Tamarans are like, oh my gosh, if she brought her lover aboard, you must let her know the truth. And it's like, no, when it is time, she will learn everything. And Jericho listens ever so silently and worries. And that never gets dealt with in this story. I hate, so I'm gonna... I hate Jericho's outfit. What? I've always hated his weird yeah. colonial clothes. <laughs> like, what are you? What, what is? What, what are you doing there, bro? And his his uh yeah, that weird his knight afro, outfit. His afro, I don't know. the mullet chops. The mutton chops. I don't. I don't get it. Weird mutton chops. I don't know. It was the eighties. It's a weird man. Anyway, so the world is again reacting to the fact that they're all merging. News reports, people protesting, the losers bite biting toothpicks and gritting. Err. Um, the sky is turning red again. 
They thought that the crisis was over. Nope. It is not. Across all four Earths, the sky turns red. Things are exploding. Uh, the uh, I, I want to say that the anti-monitor is, is, is coming back, but I'm not entirely sure at the moment. A lot of things are going on. <laughs> they, um, everyone's just sort of reacting to the... Uh, the the villains, Brainiac and uh, all the villains that we had just mentioned, coming out and very inconveniently um, attacking all the Earths together. Right, and now the heroes are separated. Like um, you know, they're being spread thin because they have to fight on multiple fronts. Uh, especially considering they just finished this battle with the uh, Anti Monitor. Basically, and just so, when you uh, think there's honor amongst these, right? There really isn't. There never is. So um, even though the Earths are merging, they're still kind of separate. Yes. So now we've got to figure out a way to get all the heroes to band together. So we build really fastly these uh, cosmic treadmills, many of them. Yep. (laughs) And so we use them to... uh, Now, at this point, I'm kind of... This is where I was a little confused. I, no, if I'm mistaken, he... Jay Garrick and Wally West use this to so that they can break through the barriers of the other Earths so they can send heroes to fight just... on the multiple fronts of the different Earths, right? That's all we're doing, really, just yes. breaking holes into barriers, which you wouldn't think um, <clears throat> it took that much effort. But, um, yeah, so basically the heroes knock, uh, knock all the villains out. Uh, Brainiac explodes... <laughs> I want to oh, yes. say Simon shows up, tries to Simon. kill, uh, tries to kill Brainiac, you or seemingly kills Brainiac with some sort of psychic explosive uh, mental beam or something, and then uh, points at Lex Luthor and is all like, "Now it's your turn," and then the issue ends. Yeah, so that was a weird, um, I guess, an excuse to for one last time. Have all these villains do all this fun villain stuff because some of them are not going to be in existence after this. Right. And um, this felt the most Secret Wars to me. This felt like when um, uh, Doom turned his sights to the Beyonder. Because it was like, it was something none of us could even consider. Like we were dealing with this way bigger situation. But of course, the villain would still find a way to be a dick even in this bigger situation right like he would still find a way to be selfish and still find a way to do what he wants to do um and that made me smile a bit because that's right up his alley with all this stuff um but yeah um i did not think brainiac was dead but this also reminded me of um the one that we just did uh with the four celestials uh justice no justice? Yeah, where well, that happens as well. I think Lex Luthor's there when that happens too. <laughs> so yeah, like... you just kinda think you just kinda think Brainiac's dead and Yeah. He's not. He's of not course he's not. No. But um so yeah, the issue starts with Simon thinking Brainiac's dead and swearing that he has the upper hand and Brainiac's just blasting him from behind. Just kills him. <laughs> I am the ship, you idiot. But um yeah, so they get back to business. And it's like, oh, we're getting our asses kicked. We're going to lose. 
the heroes are beating up the villains. They're beating up the villains for quite some time. I at this point, I would have wanted them to hurry up and get back to the crazy story. Um, I I don't know what people might have felt back then. Maybe this is something they actually wanted to see. I felt like this was a big uh, detour. I wanted to hurry up and see what the monitor was doing, but the um, I speak too soon because I guess about eight pages into the story of uh, eight pages of heroes and villains just beating the crap out of each other, <laughs> the the uh, specter just is like, "Hey, stop! You're all idiots. We were doing something. Remember, the animator is still alive." And now that dude is going back to the beginning of time to turn the entire multiverse into antimatter. <laughs> again, uh, petty. <laughs> but I get it. But petty. <laughs> like it just feels like a very, a very reactionary move by the antimatter. Yeah, I know. Right? Because you, <laughs> you talk about how, and you see it. There's an issue coming up where as you're reading. They, um, it's also being accented by things that have happened in the war between the monitor and the anti monitor over the years. Um, and so you see how long spanning this war is, but this particular story I don't think spans all that long, and it, it's quick to get the monitor very frustrated and very angry or the anti monitor, sorry, for sure. Yeah, um, it's called the monitor files. The monitor and files. I don't know that it would have been easy to the monitor tapes. Sorry, I don't know how easy it would have been to read alongside the issue. Yeah, uh, I also don't know whether or not you're supposed to. Like, is is this is this something you're supposed to be reading as it appears, or should you read it all together afterwards? Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm guessing that the, uh, more monitor files were created because of Lila. Like, she continues that, or not? Nah. Yeah. Uh, the history of the DC universe, as told by, uh, I forget, I haven't read that in a long time. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so um, the Spectre's like, yo, y'all are bugging. It's time to go to the beginning of time and stop him from doing this. So uh, they do, everyone does stop fighting. <laughs> there must be cooperation, but only for now, says Brainiac. So, yeah, Superman of Earth 2, Golden Age Superman, and Old Lady Lois share a moment <clears throat> because this may be the last time they ever see each other. But, um, yeah, all the heroes gather. They're going to uh, – they, they, they're basically saying their goodbyes and giving their uh, concerns, <laughs> so to speak. But this is it. Uh we're all going back in time. It's the big, the gigantic final battle. And this is also where I think a little guest comes to join the ranks. Who is that? Uh, Superboy. 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 Superboy Prime. Shows up and uh, is like, hey, I would like to help. And they're like, where the hell did you come from? You look like a little yes. version of Superman. He's like, screw you guys. Exactly. <laughs> There's a version of uh, Superboy from Prime Earth, which would have been our Earth at the time. 
super his earth has no heroes and he didn't have any powers really un, up until just before the crisis where his earth was being destroyed superman of earth one I want to say flies over or not flies over i don't exactly know how he got there but he does go on to recruit Superboy Prime, which is going to be a pain in their butts 20 years in the future. Yes, it will. But at the moment, he was just a cute little Superman, a skinny one. That's it. Just <laughs> another version. <laughs> but yeah, we are at the beginning of time. Uh, Monitor claims this is what he wanted all along. Yep. I mean, we're talking hundreds of heroes attack the Monitor at the beginning of time all at once. Uh, including a giant specter, but the so entire, Monitor, but, they, but the whole thing is that he required their energy so that he uh, did, yeah, so that Corona when Corona opens the whole thing, he can turn it into the Ancient Manor universe like you were talking about before. That's right. We're actually before the beginning of time. Excuse me. The yeah. the the Monitor wants to be the hand that he sees. Right. <laughs> yep. But then the big than, old specter shows up. Yeah, the gigantic specter just kind of grabs his hand, accompanied by five, oh, well, a lot more than five magicians from all across the five remaining Earths to help answer. power the specter as he, as he tries to fight against the monitor. The universe around them explodes, and it is the end of all that ever was. You know. <laughs> like you do. I was like, wow, what an ending. What a what a what a juggernaut boxing match, right? The Spectre and, and the Anti Right Monitor. here right here is where we on TV would have our mid season break. Really? Yep. Yep. Mm. Cliffhanger, end of the multiverse. See you in January. Okay. That is pretty much going to be it. That 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 uh that not only is it the perfect place for a cliffhanger, but it's almost the only place in Crisis that I can see. <laughs> Maybe this or that first time right before the Earth One and Two were pulled into the Netherverse, where it looked like when Pariah was like screaming, it's like no, are we dead? Do you think the Spectre plays as big of a role in this in the show? Uh, I know he's in it. He's been casted, so he's to hoping. Yeah, he's to hoping. But yeah, the multiverse has been destroyed. The multiverse is gone. Fifty years of DC history gone, just like in that. a flash. Just like and that. now we are shown the beginning of not the multiverse, but one universe. Yep. What had the many, new, new Earth? What had been many is now one. Uh, Clark, old uh, Golden Age Clark, wakes up in his bed. He's like, "Man, things are weird." He's not really paying attention though, so he walks up and gets in his office. He sits in what would have been his editor's chair <laughs> on Earth Two. He would have been because he 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 is the editor of the Daily Planet on Earth Two. Uh, and Perry White walks in like, dude, what are you doing here? This is mine. At this point, we're realizing that uh, Superman of Earth 2 may not have a place here anymore. 
so we get these cool scenes of a Superman Earth One and Earth Two kind of uh, flying around and, and seeing people know them, which they do. Uh, Jay, Jay Garrick still has memories. He's like, I know both of you Clarks. I don't know what's going on, though. Uh, and I feel like this might be because he's a Flash. <laughs> but um, everyone who was at the beginning of time still has that memory. As far as as far as we're shown, uh, these this new Earth, we're not we're we're not at this point. We're still not aware of uh, exactly what elements of what parts of history still exist and who remembers what, what's going on. The characters are trying to figure that out as well. So it's not a it's not it's not a missed. It's not like a misstep in the storytelling. We're supposed to be disoriented right now. Right. We got we, we so uh we get a bunch of shots of a bunch of different characters just trying to figure things out. And even the Harbinger is like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything. It looks like and then she goes on to explain <laughs> the universe was reborn from the beginning of time. So the multiverse has never existed in this new uh in this new version of existence. There was never one thousand Earths or even five. There was only one. One Earth with consistent past, present, and future. One singular Earth. So uh, all of DC's past and present and futures have been merged. Rather yeah, than I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, the way that she explained this made it seem I, it seemed very transparent that it was the writer explaining to all readers of DC continuity. Like, listen, guys, yeah. this is what it is, all right? <laughs> like, all the other, like, you might have very fine questions about other details of, like, multiple people being in the same place. Some are, some aren't. Some, you know, some are going to be here, some are not. Some of the histories are merged, some are not. We'll, we'll, we'll address it as, as, as we go on. We'll deal with it. Yeah, which I thought we'll was deal interesting. With- so yeah, um, rather than the Golden Age heroes being shunted off to another Earth, they actually existed in the past of the present DC universe alongside people like the Freedom Fighters and the Blackhawks and the Losers. Rather than all of them existing separately, they all shared a space back at that time. So there was never an Earth X, there were never any Earth, as the, the exposition explains to us. Only one Batman. Only one. <laughs> um, that, that's that's always the same. Can you explain to me what they were talking about as far as Wonder Woman is concerned? That confused the living hell out of me. Well, Wonder, Wonder Woman's already had a weird, crazy history, right? Because they're like the Wonder but, Woman on Earth 2 is different. And uh, they got the one from Earth 1, but they're both on the same Earth. But one's mother died and one's mother didn't. Yeah. I, I, I was just confused. Got- Who became Prime Wonder Woman? Earth 1 Wonder Woman? Because Earth 2 Earth Wonder one. Woman gets brought back into time and lives a normal life, right? Yeah, but she's also... I don't know that she has any recollection of that. She actually doesn't make it out of this story. I, I don't remember when she comes back. Or if she does. She probably doesn't. No, she doesn't make it out of this alive. Um, it, which would make it easier for everyone. 
So, um, yeah, to <clears throat> to confuse you even more, she and a previous version of Carter Hall actually had a baby. And that baby is the current Sandman in the DC Universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that is a thing. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, as, as George was mentioning, we got two Wonder Women, uh, two Supermen, somehow only one Batman. Well, not somehow. Batman of Earth, Batman of Earth Two had been dead long before the crisis of just of old age. Yeah. But um, yeah. So even though we've got this brand new merged Earth and people who can't really remember things, the crisis is not over. Jesus. Nope. The anti monitor is back. Welcome hey, to I, my universe. I told you he will Welcome. not. He will not. He's like a, a, a internet troll. Like, he would not let this die. Like, he showed not, up, he got something to do, and you guys just keep ruining it. They are so tired. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, the final issue of this maxi series uh, these time traveling characters are the first ones who open the issue. Uh, Rip Hunter's there, Animal Man is around, the Atomic Knight, uh, Captain Comet, uh, Dolphin. They're trying that's the second to. Time, that's the second time we saw Captain Comet from uh, uh, Kingdom Come last week. That's right. Two weeks in a row, Captain Comet for the win. Yeah, man. <laughs> With your weird ass. <laughs> they found Brainiac. So they found Brainiac, and Brainiac's like, yo, I need your help. Let's go. No, they and... no. first they're like, you, uh, we need your help. And he's like, I would never help a human. Like, we are tripping. They're like, no, 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 because the whole world is going to end. And he was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, that sounds about right. So um, somehow the brand new Earth has been brought into the antimatter universe. Uh, the issue titled Final Crisis. Grant Morrison would go on to steal that title. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was like, hey, yeah. this is not the Final Crisis I remember. <laughs> so at this point is where... Um, the heroes of Earth find out that the Flash is gone. The yes, anti-monitor man. basically screamed it out into the skies. And, and Wally is like, what the hell, dude? What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, and then they go to Cord, and um, they find Psycho Pirate pulling on Flash's empty costume. He, Psycho Pirate has gone full insane. Um, he's already talking to himself. He's already talking to the Flash. Throughout the rest of this last issue, he keeps saying, Flash, but you promised that you would save me. You promised, you promised. And it's the beginnings of this idea that not only will he be a madman but he he's become such a madman that no one will believe that he's the one person that knows that all this has happened which is the most tragic part about all this yeah he's uh he's gone crazy and after this he will end up um oh look at that one final time we well anyway uh, getting ahead of myself, uh, the Anti-Monitor basically sends all his uh, shadow people to attack the Earth. It's crazy. The uh, heroes who found Brainiac go to recruit Darkseid. Uh, he's like, sure, dog, I ain't doing nothing. Um, as you mentioned, we go, we're taking a quad uh, where we find the Psycho Pirate kind of trying to pull on the Flash's outfit out of rocks. But just before then, uh, we get one final flash of uh, Barry Allen 
who it's kind of that's kind of really messed up. Right before he died, he's just like, "Hey," then he poofs and he disappears, <laughs> which was while he picking up an Athena image. Yeah. But yeah, and then there was a lot so, of that expedition. Like, what's this? Is this the ring he keeps? His like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like the ring where he kept his uniform until he needed it. It's yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's what that is. The anti-money is like, you whimpering fool, shut the hell up. <laughs> Can't you see my face in the stars? <laughs> so it's the final battle. They're trying to beat the crap out of the monitor. They, um, they're not doing really well. They're distracting him. <laughs> yes, they, they, they were. They're, they're little more than a distraction. He he's just at this point doing nothing but being angry and arrogant. He's getting his ass kicked, but not realizing that his power is being drained. Oh, can I? Can I? You mind me getting the wheel yeah. on this? Yeah. That this is the actual the one part that I got that was pretty detailed. Okay, so let me let me try to steer us in the direction. Okay, so. Uh, on court, the Superman of Earth 1 and 2, Captain Adam, Lady Quark, Firehawk, Firehawk, Wonder Woman, and other heroes strike at the Animonitor, but he ignores their blows. That's actually pretty funny, right? When they're like, we're hitting him as hard as we can, and you can just see people pinging off of him, and he's not even paying <laughs> attention. Um, uh, they find out that the reason why he's so strong is because he's feeding on a, the energy of a nearby star. So you find out that the this is what Dr. Light was, was uh, her entire purpose was, to absorb the energy of one of the binary suns that they are between and then drain the anti-monitor's energy. Um, Alexander Luther also begins to drain the anti-monitor's energy away from the enemy as well. And then the OG, I mean, the, I mean the, the weird uh, kind of fifth man off the bench, um, negative woman? Russian negative woman uses her negative self to bind the anti-monitor and inhibit him. Harbinger then leads all the energy producing heroes against him. So you have Alexander Luther draining anti-matter energy away from him. You have Dr. Light um, absorbing the solar energy away and about to blast him with that. Um, Harbinger is leading everybody who has any kind of energy projectile powers to shoot all at the same time at full might at the anti-monitor um and then like i said dr uh light blasts him with the energy that she got from the sun and so he falls into the ruins of his fortress uh alexander luther then creates a dimensional hole large enough to enclose the earth and return it to its proper universe um but the uh the what the ball of bound demons so anyway I think the shadow people show back up. And so um, everyone's all bugging out because they're like, oh, my God, the Antimonitor is going to absorb all his shadow demon and rise again. But you find out that they had they had uh, put an enchantment, right, on the shadow demon so that when they went back into, into him, instead of powering him up, they uh, took away even more power. Yep. Uh, um, and then this is when Wonder Woman disappears. Um, Superman of Earth One and Lady Quark vow deadly revenge. Um, but then Cal El is like, nah, I'm gonna do this. Um, so now I, I, this part of the ending I didn't re- really remember as clearly, but I remember the beginning of the other crises. So I was like, okay, this has to end up with Old Man Soups, Lois, um, Alexander. 
Superboy. I, I feel like we did we did just gloss over the fact that Wonder Woman of Earth Two didn't just disappear. She no. got smoked. Yes, but she goes. Doesn't she live her life back through time? Yeah, but she straight up got smoked. Okay. <laughs> she did get smoked. No, she's dead. Yeah, she's super dead. Um. Uh, what about what about? I, this happened, you know. We didn't do, we didn't bring it up when it happened, but I just want to bring up the part where, um, uh, I think it's Earth Two Superman. No, no, is that Earth Two Superman or the Superman who's lost Kara goes out to go find another Earth and sees nothing there, and then just starts to say like, "Leave me, leave me, leave me here! I deserve to die. I don't even have a world. No one cares about me here." And I was like, "Oh my God, that was a quick." That was a quick turn. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh, no, the, the the void was calling to me. But when he was talking like that, I was like, damn, you, that was crazy. And a lot of this talk happens now where they're like, oh, we, we vow revenge and all this other kind of stuff. But they're like, no, um, the elder Superman is going to go. Superboy is going to go because there's no other world for him there. Um, And so the idea is that Alexander Luther is able to open up in, with, within himself uh like a dimensional pocket and place the earth in there um, or open up a dimensional rift, place the earth in there and be on the other side of that door so he can close it and he'll be on the same side of the door as him, the anti-monitor, the two Superboy, or Superboy, Superman, etc. Um, and when he gets everybody onto the other side, um, Superman basically beats the hell out of the anti-monitor, right? He punches him like yeah, for several Superman, miles. <laughs> uh, Superman of Earth Two, the original, the first, and the greatest, is like, I am done. I am so done. I am going to kill him. And he just beats him to death. Yeah, he beats him for miles. <laughs> like the punches send him for miles. Um, I just thought that was like it's incredible. Nothing. The sun implodes with the anti-monitor inside of it. Um, and everything yeah. is going to be destroyed because his antimatter is uh, spreading everywhere. And both Superman of Earth 2 and Superboy Prime are just like, man, this is it. This yeah. is it. We're done. And I only wish Lois had lived to see this. And that's when Alex uh, Alex is like, yo, look what I got for you. That felt like that felt like um, Maury. Or one of those, like, like, oh, I know you were talking about Joshua. Well, he's actually on the show. Come on down. He was like, <laughs> oh, by the way, I know you've been really, really, really broken up about the fact that your wife is probably dead. Yeah, she was good the entire time, bro. I was just, you know, we just had to get this thing done. Business is business. So, so yeah, um, as you mentioned, the anti-monitor Superboy Prime, Superman of Earth 2, and Alexander Luther are inside the uh, antimatter universe with whatever was left of the anti-monitor. He got smoked. Superman was like, no, nah, I'm not going to spend my last minutes listening to your dumb ass. And he kills him. Yep. And this is where Lex pops out Lois, and then he's like, ha, we're not going to die. You're so silly. We're all going to live inside me in a paradise dimension. We can all go and uh, just live. Yeah, because Lois is like, it was so beautiful, Clark. He's like, don't worry. 20 years from now, we're going to regret this decision and come back angry about it. 
Yep. But uh, it's a podcast for another day. Yes, uh, the epilogue, we are shown that when Earth 2 Wonder Woman got smoked, she kind of got her ashes sort of kind of maybe spread across uh, at the Amazon island, but not really. She just kind of goes to Olympus and lives with the rest of the gods happily ever after. Right. Uh, everyone has to deal with the deaths of their loved ones. Uh, Green Arrow was like presumed dead at some point. What chooses? Um, yes. So that's two things that I don't understand. One is that there's, um, well, I guess the answer to my first one, it would be, it's probably explained in, in other tie-ins, but one, there seems to be a host of, of heroes that are dead. Um, that I guess the body count ha- wasn't officially tallied because um, mm-hmm. we didn't hear anything about Green Arrow and now it's in the newspaper. Um, and the second is if people are mourning the death of their people, we also have a whole host of people who don't remember that, what happened. So who, yes. rem- who remembers and who doesn't? Who knows? That who has, who can person. remember the ones that can mourn? You, go, you can only mourn if you remember is what I'm trying to say. Um, so I wonder how that happens because we're led to believe that the only person that remembers what happened is uh, the Psycho Pirate. Yeah, technically Psycho Pirate is the only person who can remember what happens across uh, continuities, but all the heroes know that there was a crisis. They might not remember all the details, and they may never, but they all know that there was a crisis. I think even Batman kept one of the spires. Okay. One of the monitors spires. Yes, for um, Dark Knight's Metal. Yeah, so he definitely remembers the crisis. But again, there are people out there who remember. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so we're given an epilogue of the psycho pirate in Arkham being the only person who remembers everything. I'm the only one who remembers the infinite Earth. You see, I know the truth. I remember all that happened, and I'm not going to forget. Worlds lived, worlds died, and nothing will ever be the same. Not the end, the beginning of the future. I love it, I love it, I love it. That was fun. This is what basically, you know, started off a whole new set of continuity before we brought the multiverse back in about a decade. In about uh, 15 years. um, You get the Man of Steel miniseries, which would be Superman's New Origin. You get Batman Year One. You get Wonder Woman by George Perez. Uh, hey. Ah, so yeah, so you get you really get things rewritten. You know, people really get to get a whole new. Uh, readers got to sink their teeth into new origins, or at least truncated origins for these characters, so that yeah, they can go was, off on their was, other adventures. It was funny in that the the writers never ever gave up on the multiverse, like they. The, the storytelling possibilities of the multiverse were just too much to ignore. And in one way or another, they were always trying to bring back aspects of the multiverse, whether it be through the invention of hypertime or whether it be through, like, Grant Morrison doing, like, a two-issue arc in Animal Man where he just complains about the fact that he can't use those characters anymore. It's like... Eventually, they had no choice but to bring back the multiverse. But even then, Crisis on Infinite Earths still has its lasting impact. And um, I can't wait to see the live-action adaptation of it. 
This Sunday. What What was the um context for us seeking seeing Psycho Pirate in this show? I can't remember. That was in uh, Arkham Asylum. Yeah, he was in Arkham um, right after they put Doctor Destiny away. Okay. He has He's, he um, has the mask on the TV show. Doc- he already has the mask. He already has the mask though, so you gotta assume. Lila has already given it to him. And didn't he say the line? Worlds would live, worlds would die. And worlds will and oh, was that, so, was that like say. a commercial yep. thing? He said it, right? That was definitely a commercial thing. Yeah. Okay. But he said it. He said it. He said it um at the end of last year's Elseworlds crossover. So we're led to believe that Psycho Pirate is in Gotham. He is. He is in Arkham Asylum already. Okay, so maybe when they get Kane, they'll they'll figure out what they're gonna do with him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they have to use him, right? Am I? Yeah, you you you, you definitely have to. It's the psycho pirate, uh, right? Well, unless they just kind of use him to tease crisis, and they don't plan on having him be part of the story. Mm. Well, that'd be, be weird. Before we pack this up, what are some, um, obviously informed because we of what we just read. What are some informed um, predictions you'd like to make for the crossover? I mean, at first, I pre- obviously, I predict it's going to be fun. But um, I also predict that somehow we're going to be opening the door for new characters in the Arrow versus Future. And well, we've already confirmed like Ryan Choi, but... This idea that even though the arrow is gone, things will continue. I'm sure that's going to be a theme. So, do you think? Do you I think don't know. Mia, is Mia the Wadi in this situation? Yeah, absolutely. She's absolutely the Wadi in this situation, as she's going to pick up the mantle of her father. Yeah. And become the Green Arrow or Green Arrow Two. <laughs> Green Arrow Electric Bugaloo. Mm-hmm. I wonder what we're seeing when we see the trailer. You see, like Iris is even getting taken over by the antimatter wave. I wonder if that's a different that Iris. Kind of, well, that kind of, it, I think that's just a scene from Barry's. What Barry saw when he ran to the future. Yeah, when he saw all the different uh, possible outcomes or whatever. Yeah. I think my prediction is going to be that the Kingdom Come universe is going to be destroyed. I think oh. that that's going to be the. I think that that's going to be what galvanizes us. We're going to see all the older, um, grizzled uh, heroes of our childhood, seen by the newer um, heroes we've learned to respect in the Arrowverse. And when that universe goes away, not only does it pave a way for the the next generation because now this generation that we're currently in would be the past um but i think that's the best way to i think leaving them out there like that like kevin conroy unless he wants to be like on batwoman which i wouldn't be down for he does or, want to come back he says he wants to continue being in the arrow <clears throat> sorry uh yeah i mean if he's if he's down i'm i say keep him but um my wild prediction cuz again i got no uh no proof of anything is that I think that that universe is going to be the one to go. Cause something has to go for us to care. And earth two, I think is when we had the most stake in and that's already gone. <laughs> so. Well, 
I feel like the Smallville Earth is going to be the one to go that kills people. But many Earths that we're familiar with are going to be erased. I'm fairly certain that they're going to be erasing Batman's 66 universe, Batman 89. He's talking Adam West. He's talking killing Adam West. He's talking killing Michael Keaton. You're right. And they're going to do. He's talking. I do wonder how much time could Tom they possibly, Willing. how much time could they spend on on everything, right? How much time could they possibly spend on each of these different Earths? I, I feel like it doesn't take more than a cameo, yeah. really, to establish to the um, yeah, to establish this the fact that hey, look, it's messed up. No, I but um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any concrete. For uh, predictions for the crisis, other than worlds are going to die, <laughs> and I think that's a safe really bet. Crazy. I think that's a safe bet. I'm fairly certain. That's La- last question. The final trailer. Came. Okay. Last question. And, um, um, it kind of changed. Sure, sure. Oh, sorry. No, it just keeps uh, cutting off. I was just gonna say, do you think we uh, see the death of Barry Allen? No, no way. Not no way. Not, not even not in a coming in back as a lightning stick. bolt kind of way? No, they already kind of killed Barry and brought him back from the Speed Force once. I don't yeah. know that they're going to do that again. You're totally right. I, tell, I could totally see that. Um, I, 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 It's weird. It's weird that this is such a big story in that character's thing, and they are setting it up seemingly that he's going to do something in it, right? Like, this is a big thing. What's the Flash going to do? The Flash must die. All this stuff. Um, we're literally recording this while the other episode is out, so I don't know if anything else has been expanded upon, but um, I'm. this can't, this can't just be a simple thing of, like, well, the Flash must die, unless he doesn't. Like, it can't just be that, right? Like, it has to be some sort of replacement, some sort of other sacrifice. I mean, Supergirl and Flash were supposed to die until Ali volunteered for tribute so who knows um what loopholes will keep barry alive in this but it can't be a red herring for the sake of a red herring somebody it's got to cost something in my opinion at least yeah you're absolutely right that's what i think but um we want to know what you guys think this 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 crisis thing is is coming the only thing that sucks is going to be separated by like what two weeks three weeks it is, it is going to be separated by the three-week break. Yes. And so in the interim time, um, hopefully you guys are following the Major Issues podcast. And if you – well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for listening this far into this one. Um, this is a extremely chunky episode but it was because we're tackling one of the best uh, comic book stories out there that literally shakes the foundation of DC to its core. And it was imperative that we cover everything, and I, I'm really ha- happy – Honestly, that we tackled this story for this uh, adaptation. Um, but if you guys want, you guys can like and share and subscribe to the Major Issues Podcast, which you can find wherever podcasts are found. That's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, the Apple Podcast app. Um, if you have an iPhone, you already have the podcast app pre-installed. All you have to do is search Major Issues Podcast. And if you have a regular phone, just Type in Major Issues Podcast in Google and we'll be the first ones to pop up because we're always talking about the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Um, 
But we're also all over social media. This is a conversation that we're having, but there's always room for more insight and opinions from you guys. Um, and so if there's anything that you guys want to reach out to us and let us know about, you can reach us across all social media at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at Major Issues CBC on Twitter, and we got some big things coming soon. Um, maybe in terms of maybe sort of a website, maybe that we might be working on. So we got some big things coming down the pike. Yeah, we got some big things coming down the pike as part of Major Issues Podcast and Comic Book Click. And the year is almost out. Um, this is when this episode is released, we will be a day shy of two years of, uh, the Major Issues Podcast. So that is also um, a hell of an accomplishment. So thank you guys who have been a part of the journey. Thank you for those who have just joined. Remember to um, like, share, and subscribe. Leave us a, a review on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and learn what you guys like and what you don't like about the show so we can change accordingly. Um, we're just trying to give you guys the in-depth analysis when it comes to these uh, comic book, well, comic books and all the things uh, portrayed in comic book media. So... Go ahead and follow us on all those places. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. This is Jonathan Escudero, a.k.a. Yogi. And remember, whether or not... Oh, and this has been our Crisis on Infinite Earths review. And remember, whether or not you are made of positive or antimatter whether or not you will be forced to see all your worlds live and die, whether you're some kind of uh, weird harbinger lady who can't remember and uh, why she's becoming a betrayer, or whether you just need a fresh start, a new earth, and new beginnings. Remember, worlds will live. Remember, worlds will die. Remember, you, yes, you, are worthy. Mm-hmm.